The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Maybe five of you have heard that song before. It's a great tune, isn't it? It's a great tune. Ladies and gentlemen, it's only wings. Wow. I am, I am, listen, you know me, I'm a huge Monkeys fan. Huge Monkeys fan. Huge Beach Boys fan. I'm going to go and see the Beach Boys tomorrow at Hampton Court. Huge Beatles fan. Who is it? People who, who, who say they don't like the Beatles, or as far as I'm concerned, they have no soul. Um, and I, 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 I must confess, I've, I've kind of got a huge gap in my Beatles knowledge. I love a lot of their solo work, but like a lot of people, I sort of ignored, I ignored a lot of the seven, I ignored a lot of the wing stuff is what I'm coming around to saying. And thank you to the, the marvellous people of uh, 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 the Take It Away podcast, Ryan and Chris, who we had on um, a couple of days ago. I've really been 
getting so excited to find 10 years worth of music that I ain't listened to properly before the hits and stuff. But so the Back to the Egg album, which I think was considered a bit of a flop when it was released in its day, we'll find out. What a what a lost great album. And I'm so thrilled. So thrilled um, that we've got one third of Wings. We've got a former singer with the Moody Blues, one of the just, you know, greatest, most talented musicians who's been doing the rounds, played with Ginger Baker, played with everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from America, it's only Denny Lane. Good evening, Denny. Hey, Ian. How do I follow that? (laughs) Mate, it is such a thrill to talk to you. Listen, we just played a song from Back to the Egg, and I cannot believe... I only listened to that album two weeks ago, and I'm there going, well, this is great. Every song on there is great. What? But th- that was, am I right? That was the last Wings album that you guys did. It was, but you know what? Now you mention it, I haven't listened to it myself for a while, and I find that when I do listen to the old stuff, it's yeah. a lot better than I thought it was. <laughs> yeah, you know, you've got to remember that while you're doing this stuff, you're just engrossed in doing it. Yeah. You don't really, after it, after it comes out... And as you say, it got a bit of a bad rap at the time, but yeah, now I listen to stuff like that. I'm kind of knocked away with. And I was just listening to that that song now, and because it's one of my songs, yeah. Sort of, and and uh, it sounds good. It, it sounds, sounds brilliant. It sounds yeah. brilliant. Wing, do you? I don't know because uh, how long have you lived in the states, Denny? Well, on and off this time for about 20 years. Okay. I've been back every now and then, but, uh, you know, I'm sort of based here. I haven't been for a while. Because I, I think, and I may have fallen guilty to this, Wings have kind of got, um, they've got a, a kind of a weird reputation, I think, in this country. Partly because anything done by a Beatle after the Beatles was always going to be knocked a bit. Partly yeah. because Mull of Kintyre, man alive, if you were around in the 70s, guys, Mull of Kintyre was everywhere it was one of those songs that was just always on the radio always on the telly and i think people get kind of quite sniffy about wings when actually you dive into those albums uh, back to the egg wings over america red rose speedway there's some great stuff on there denny well you know thanks but the thing is it's it's all down to the members of the band don't forget we had three or four lineups of the band yeah and they were all great in their own way. This last one was a guy, English drummer called Steve Holly, who I still work with in the States, actually. Wow, okay. And and um, and then Lawrence Stubert was English, of course, and yeah. he lives in in L.A., and I see him a lot. So we've, we've done things like, like, you know, charity stuff together. Still, we still work together. But, the, but those two guys were the latest and the youngest members yeah. to join. And uh, that album was kind of rushed, and as I say, you know, it had its it's had its value. And now I'm listening to that song, for example. There's a great groove on there, you know, great feel, everything. It was tight, you know. It, 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 like, go on. Well, I was going to say, well, like the earlier days, yeah. like the Red, Ro- that, those were kind of that was Red Rose Speed was the first kind of studio album that we did with the producer, uh, Glenn Johns. Yeah. And then before that. It was a kind of rough band. It wasn't that tight. We were unknown. We weren't that... Well, not unknown. He wasn't, and I wasn't a little bit. But we weren't known as a band. Yeah. And it was all a bit raw, and it wasn't very good. You know, so we we built up to being good. That's what it is. Live work did that. Well, it, and that is, that is one of the brave things. So both of you, because obviously Paul was in the Beatles. I don't know if anyone's heard of that band. Um, but you'd, you'd had solo, you know, success with the Moody Blues and with, with yeah. Ginger Baker and stuff. 
to kind of go for both of you to go back to the beginning instead of forming, you know, like a soup like Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young or yeah. something to go back to the beginning and and start from nothing again. That was well, a bold move for both of you, wasn't it? It was, but it, we didn't think of it as much like that. I think, you see, you've got to remember I knew Paul from the Beatles days. Yeah. I mean, we were managed by Brian Epstein after after we all got ripped off from our first manager. We went with them. Oh, right. They got us on the British tour. You know, we were friends. And as I say, that that was the beginning of me knowing Paul really well. So by the time I got together with him, it wasn't so much like strangers starting again. We were just playing stuff like we were influenced by the same music you know the yeah. old uh, buddy ollie alvis all that stuff eddie cochran you know everly brothers we were all influenced by that so it, to us it was just kind of getting together and see what we came out with you know we knew we weren't going to be playing beatles or moody blues music yeah because we couldn't i mean you can't go out and do that not in those days anyway i mean that you know the tribute bands do it and all that stuff but we couldn't do that then so we had to come up with something new and those, we went to Scotland. I mean, that's how Mullock and Ty got written. Yeah. We, we were up in Scotland, just starting again, as far as like, hey, we want to get away from any outside press or whatever, you know, criticism, and just get it together as two friends, really, with Dennis Sidewell, of course, mm. and Linda. But it was just the, the nucleus of it was me and him, and we kind of, because we knew each other, it wasn't that hard, is what I'm trying to say. How, how did you get the gig, Denny? What, 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 was there a phone call from him saying, look, you know, do you fancy yeah. joining me back? How, how did it work? Exactly. I just that. did a Paul McCartney impression to Denny Lane. I feel <laughs> terrible. Sorry. I take that back immediately. <laughs> well, hey, if you hang around him long enough, you will have a Liverpool accent like me. <laughs> <laughs> so, but did he, was it a phone call in the middle of the night saying, I'm starting up a new it, band? You want in? It was a phone call in the afternoon to yeah. my office. I was staying in the office at the time. I had a room uh, in the back. And I, I was friendly with Mark Bolan at the time. Okay. And, and the management I was using were, were trying to get him a deal in America. So I was kind of laid off for a little while. I'd had this string band and my guys were all out in orchestras and things like that. So yeah. I was off the road for a while. And I get this call and he said, you fancy putting a band together? I said, yeah, why not? I, you know, and I knew him, so I wasn't bothered about yeah. the fact of... So I went up to Scotland a couple of days later and it all went from there, you know. Tell so, me about yeah. the, one of the, the, the great things that I love about Wings is um, that, that, that tour, that university tour, where right. you, ju- you just, well, you explain it, because I think this is such a great rock and roll story about, about starting from the beginning, where you go around and play gigs at random. Yeah, well, <laughs> you know what, there's two, two ways of looking at that. First of all, we needed to be away from the press, like I said before. Mm. And that was a way of doing it. And there was an alre- there already was a, an audience in these places, don't forget. You turn up at the university, you've got the campus and all that, and yeah. they're all there. So, you know, get our roadie goes up to the guy and says, hey, we've got Paul McCartney in, in the van, do you want to do a gig? And they can't believe him first, but then we go up and play. <laughs> After that stuff was just jammed, we had about yeah. five or six songs, and we kept repeating them, you know, that yeah. that, that stuff. But it was to get us to get an, an audience to see how we felt and how how it all went down. So, but the other thing, of course, was we couldn't really, you know, do it in a big way. It wouldn't have been. No. We weren't ready. We couldn't. We weren't ready. It would have cost a fortune. It would have been. It would have involved a lot of, you know, agents and and managements and getting it all together. And, you know, and mm. going out on the road and venture. All that stuff would have. It's huge. You know that. Yeah. Like. 
So you can't go on out at that stage on in that big way. So and it was it was really just kind of an organic thing. That and how how were you travelling? Were you in like a minibus, just driving from town yeah. to town? Yeah, kind of. Yeah, we had a minibus and we had a van, obviously, with all the gear in it. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we just turned Beautiful. up and it was really like purely as as a way of of playing to an audience which we hadn't mm. done yet. See, that's all. Um, I love the fact, and again, there's, there's a, you know, well, you know, the British press can be very mean. I love the fact <laughs> that, um, I don't know if you've come across that, but it can be. Uh, and, and uh, he got, he got, um, the piss taken out of him a lot, I think, for inviting Linda in the band. And I think yeah. that, I think that's lovely. I think he wanted, you know, he's going through the, the trauma of leaving the Beatles and he just wanted to be on stage with his best mate, his missus. I think that's well, so great. What, what no, was it like having her in the band? Well, the, the idea was that, you know, he was up in Scotland, right, and he was living up there, and and he was away from it all, and, and like, lonely, I suppose, to a certain degree, but they had each other, and they had the horses and the, the kid, and, and it was like a different, to, to get away from it all, and he was going through a lot of, lot of uh, you know, financial things with the Beatles and yeah. whatever, so... You know, in other words, she was like his right hand, right? And, like, it's all he could do was just have her around and he'd be playing songs and whatever and writing songs and then he'd get her to help her out with bits and pieces. So that developed into him doing Ram with her as, a, you know, backing vocals, I suppose. And she was hard to, to get her into that because, like, we used to spend quite a lot of time getting the vocals together. Yeah. You know, but because she wasn't experienced, and she certainly wasn't experienced on stage, so there's always a little bit of that yeah. to start with. But there again, you know, like anything else, she developed her, her thing, and and a lot of people do say, well, the vocal sound yeah. of Wings is very, very important. They used to say that about the Moody Blues. You know, it's got a sound, and she did add to that sound, so you can't knock it from that point of view. No. But it was difficult yeah. for me to to be working with someone who wasn't, you know, someone who'd been out on the road and be, you know, it wasn't like being in a normal band. Yeah, sure. But because we had to spend that little extra time with getting her in shape. But anyway, she was a nice enough person. I didn't mind. And it was, uh, look what happened, you know, at the end of the day. <laughs> it, it worked was, out. Was successful. How yeah. did you go about, how, how did it work in terms, in terms of songwriting? Because obviously most of the songs are McCartney, but you've, you've got a few yeah. great songs, you know, scattered right. throughout the Wings catalogue. How, how yeah. did it work? Did you go in and say, I've got five songs, pick one? What was the deal? No. No, again, it was Paul being, you know, motivated by the fact, of course, he's left the Beatles. He doesn't have a songwriting partner, but he's up there in Scotland. He did a couple of albums as his own, and he's now got the confidence back to do writing on his own. Of course, he would say to me once in a while, for example, like Mullock and Tyre, I was invited over to breakfast like I usually was. I was staying over the hill in the cottage. And I'd go in, and he had this chorus, and I said, well, that sounds like a hit song if we ever get that together. And the next day, we went and wrote the rest of the song. So, I mean, it was something like he had an idea, and, and I helped him finish. He did it with uh, a couple of my songs, you yeah. know. And, and that's the way it would work. And then we would sometimes get take time out to go, maybe to Spain or somewhere, um, as one example, Morocco, to just go and write, mm. you know, take a week and sit and write every day. I'd go down to his house, just treat it like a job. You know, you'd always come mm. out with something at the end of it. And, and But I didn't, I wasn't anything like as prolific no. as he was. I mean, I mean, I wrote with the Moody Blues a little bit and that, but I wasn't like as prolific as him, you know. 
I mean, um, I have been since, but not. Well, well, he's. I mean, he's he's a work machine. But the, Mull of Kintyre, yeah. you know, I, I say, I'm, I'm. What what year was Mull of Kintyre? Was that seventy five, seventy six? Um, I think it was seventy eight, wasn't it? Seventy eight. So I, I would have been. I was about four years old when that, and that was, <laughs> that was everywhere, man. That was, you know, that yeah. sold an incredible amount of records. Did, did it feel special? You say you heard, when you heard the the bit he'd written, you thought that was a hit, but did it yeah. feel like a special song? Yeah, it did very much because, well, first of all, we did Mikey Arwood chose Christmas mm. time with it, yeah, and that made it huge. So secondly, we did it with the Campbelltown Pipe Band, who were just a local pipe band, and uh, that made them famous, actually. Yeah. And you know what? Don't laugh, but I just was in the shop the other day, and I saw some Mile of Kintyre cheese for sale. <laughs> <laughs> it's unbelievable. Mile of Kintyre is this tiny little place in Scotland. Yeah. You could just call them Mole, and the Mole means it's a peninsula. Yeah. And it's, it's got like a graveyard, a church, a shop, and a couple of houses, and that's it. So after Mile of Kintyre, of course, it's in the county of Kintyre, so we called it the Mile of Kintyre. And after that, people come from all over the world to visit up there. It was unbelievable. And there's nothing there. Yeah. (laughs) But but it made the whole place famous. Even Billy Connolly said to to us one night, we played Green's Playhouse in Scotland. Mm. He went, that's a great song, that laddie. You know, but he's taking the piss a bit. And he said, but I don't like the words. And then I said, thanks, Billy, I wrote a lot of them. But anyway, you know, even, even you know, you get somebody like him likes the song. It goes a long way, too. And it was it was that kind of thing where, and and the fact that we put it out at Christmas time, I think, and, yeah. and that was it, really. Just uh, it was one of those songs right for that kind of crowd at that time, you know. You, Wings sounds nothing like the Beatles and nothing like right. Paul's later stuff, which really says right. to me that you had a very important part in shaping the sound of yeah. the group. The once you were kind of taken out of it and he did his solo career. I know you played on a, on a couple of albums after, but yeah. y- y- you were you were integral to the Wings sound, I think. Do you, do you know what I mean? Well, yeah, because that, that's down to, you know, what I was doing in the Moody Blues at the time and what he was doing with the Beatles, we were kind of both good at arranging stuff, you know, making up by... Uh, the song is like, well, if you like Sgt. Pepper's like kind of a concept thing, you yeah. know, the Moody's went on to be a big concept band, and, you know, all that stuff, the storyline going through the through the albums, and we're, we're very much in tune with all that stuff, me and him. And, and as I say, that gave us, we worked together, not just on the writing of the songs, but very much on the, on the production. Yeah. And well, we did with George Martin and Jeff Emmerich as, as well. Don't forget. I mean, they're integral parts of it too, uh, because he knew them. I mean, Jeff Emmerich. I'm actually doing some stuff with him right now. Are you but really? It, it, yeah, he's the oh, Beatles engineer. Yeah, legend. Yeah, right. So I mean, you had all those elements in there as well. But but generally speaking, me and him, you know, we never really argued. We had a very good kind of a. Should we try this? Yeah, let's go for it. Whatever. We had a very positive approach to it all, yeah. and we did. And we did like have this thing between us where that both of our influences. Mine was more kind of bluesy influence yeah. and folk, and his was folk and rock and roll influence. So it's a very similar thing. And we had the the background of all the music business that we grew up in, you know, in the sixties and that. So we we just had that natural sort of thing where we worked together really well, and that's how we developed the sound and the. Uh, I mean, we tried a lot of stuff in studios. We tried like 
glasses with water in, you know, it gets sounds. We play, we play, both play the piccolos or the, <laughs> the flutes. I love it. We'd, we'd try instruments we couldn't play. Yeah. And just to get, you know, we, we were experimental. Is what you, we were. You're telling me that you got on. Are you saying then, Denny, that there is no Wings version of the Trogs tape and you two got, you know, you've heard that tape, haven't you? One of the funniest Probably. tapes ever. <laughs> I love that tape, by the way. Oh, it's the I, said, I, I said to Reg Presley, you should put that out as a bloody single. He says, I would if I could find out where it was. <laughs> if you, if you haven't so heard popular. that, dear listener, go on YouTube, type in the Trogs tape. It is the fu- <laughs> it's the Trogs trying to record a drumbeat. It is so funny. Um, you mentioned well, Jeff Emmerich. We did you... have a bit of that. We'd, Paul played drums on Band on the Run, by yeah. the way, but there was, it wasn't quite as bad as that. <laughs> ba-da-da, ba-da-da. Um, what are you doing with Jeff Emmerich? Because anyone who's a Beatles fan will, will know Jeff's name. Was it, was, am I right? right? He was like sort of um, uh, George Martin's right-hand man. Right, exactly. So, and Wings, don't forget. Yeah, yeah. And Wings, he was doing a lot of our stuff. Well, me and Jeff, you know, from Band on the Run especially, were very pretty close and um he's over here doing some you know workshops talks and wow. whatever and a friend of mine this uh, david mader decided it'd be a good idea if i because i'm doing some solo stuff as well yeah it's not, I've, I've got two band things i do i've got you know a couple of things that i do but i've been doing a few solo things too and they he just said well why don't you just you know, let Jeff does his bit and you do your bit and talk a bit about what went down. Oh, wow. So that's what we're doing. It's like an interview on stage. Oh, I play a bit of music and whatever. Fantastic. But we haven't done it yet, but we're about to do it next month. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Do you know, we should yeah. try and get Jeff on the show. I mean, God, magic, magic I fingers. Hook, I could hook that up for Oh, you. Denny, please, please do. We're all punching the air. Thank you, man. Uh, uh, and you, you, you mentioned you got two bands. You, you're still playing. Aren't you are still go. I, I, I looked online. You're still gigging quite regularly, oh, aren't yeah. you? Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't live without that, Ian. Really? Like, it's like you grew up like that. You, you're, that. You've got to get reaction from an audience before yeah. you can even think about studios either. Yeah. You can't do... You have to have that. So, you... You know, I'm doing it. I've got a band in LA that I've I've done toured all over the country with. I've got another band on the East Coast that I kind of concentrate on that side of the country. But you know, that's about it, really. I don't do a lot of work, but I do. I do have a couple of shows, and it incorporates obviously some wing stuff and moody stuff that I was on, and a lot of my um, solo stuff. Mm. Don't forget, in the eighties, I, I made quite a few solo albums. Yeah, well. yeah. What was so, it? Well, I was going to ask, what was it like in the eighties when when Wings, well, mm. Wings kind of ended after Paul's um, bust for uh, marijuana in Japan, yeah. didn't it? In a way. Well, you see, what happens is that that when you do ha- go through that, suddenly you can't work again. You can't get visas. I mean, we'd already had tried, been uh, had our visas revoked in Japan five years before after the seventy six tour, and. You know, you can't get visas. So in a way, we couldn't have toured right. and done that whole thing at that time. So that was why we went to the studio again. You know, we went in with Stevie Wonder and uh, Carl Perkins and all those people out in Montserrat, and we did that. But, uh, you know, it was great. But at the same time, you miss going out on the road. Yeah. And I was at the point where I had a solo album that I'd done. Been sitting in the can there for a bit. So I decided to go to meet them and do that. That's all. We kind of just drifted away you know but i have seen paul i saw him a few years back in london we went out to see you before you one night Did you? you know and i'm still in touch with the office and him and in some ways rather you know, i went to see him in in uh in uh, chicago a couple of months ago 
And he's, but he's, yeah. he's, ne- he's never, would, would you want to do that, ladies and gentlemen? I've got a special guest tonight. It's Denny Lane. Would you, wouldn't fancy that? Well, I don't know, maybe. It's like, it's never really, you know, I, it's like he's got his thing. Yeah. He's doing his thing. I'm doing my thing. If I was ever, you know, if I was ever called upon to, to do anything with him, I would do it. Obviously, mm. I would. But mm. it's just never got there. Mm. And, it, and it, you know, is I wouldn't want to push myself on him either no. to do that. No. But there are people that pressure us to try and get that back together. Oh, you co- never know. Of course there are. I mean, it, I, I yeah. think it would be beautiful if you got up on stage and did a couple of tunes with him. But, you know, that's... Well, that, yeah. I was thinking more like getting back together and writing a few more... Song. Oh, mate, <laughs> another Wings album would be awesome. <laughs> it would be awesome. That. Well, that would be the kind of thing I would really jump at, let's put it that way. Wow. Um, let's talk about the Stolo stuff in the 80s, because you, you've gone, and, and it is it, mm. it is ha- hard for a lot of people to remember. Wings were huge, right? They were, they were huge. You had so many top ten hits, so many big hits. That Wings yeah. Over America tour of, of, I think it was 76, was massive to go yeah. from that kind of uh, that hysteria and and it was his, hysterical for a while to to, yeah. to 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 kind of not be in that part of the center of that that um uh, hurricane right. what was that like oh i see again it was like a peak we reached and i wasn't i was ready to have some time off yeah. in a sense and concentrate on my own thing in a way i was kind of encouraged by paul to do that to go away, you know, I just put an album out of my own. I went, I, so what I did was I just went in the studio every week for like five days a week with a great engineer. We'd either be from Decker or from EMI engineer. Yeah. And I just wrote, and, and for about five years I, st- I was in the studio doing that, and apart from living in Spain at the time as well. Yeah. But I was just concentrating on me as a songwriter, and, and I, as a, consequently I did really get into it, you know, and I, I've... I've enjoyed writing a lot since, but as I said, that was the eighties for me. I just, I wasn't really, you know, ready to go out on the road again um, until, until I had a, a great band. You see, yeah. I mean, because the peak of Wings was a, it's a great band. It was a, you you got to start at the bottom again, and I just wasn't. I thought, well, I've got to get some material out there first before I even think about going on the road again. So it took all that time. It really did. So um, Denny, you know, now I'm out there doing what I want to do, and uh, I'm happy doing it. Denny, I've got to play some adverts. Are you okay to stick around for a bit longer? Is that all right? Absolutely. Bless you, sure. brother. Thank you so much. I've got, I've got Denny Lane on from the... We haven't even spoken about the Moody Blues yet. All over the place. I love it. God, you should see the grin on my face. This is wonderful. Um, we'll speak more to Denny Lane and uh, find out what he's up to, speak about the Moody Blues, all that kind of stuff after this. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. <laughs> Denny, are you... St- hang on a minute. My- oh, I can't do this now. Hang on. Denny, are you still there? I am we- still here. My producer, Catherine, told me you hung up on us. What have we done? <laughs> what have we done? No, I just put the phone in to see if I could charge it up. I <laughs> one of those landlines. Can I- I'm going to ask you one more Paul McCartney question, right? And please right. don't hate me for this, right? But, well, maybe you will hate me. I don't care. At any point in the time you hung out with Paul McCartney, did he ever sing Penny Lane with the words Denny Lane? He's gone! He hung up on me! No! No! That was... That was gonna be... (laughs) He hung up. He didn't hang up. His phone died. Maybe he hung up. 
Maybe that was it. That was going to be my first question. I'm glad it wasn't. <laughs> try and get him back. I tell you what, you try and get him back. Um, I- I'm going to play you a, a-, a-, a so- new song by Denny Lane. Don't worry, it's really, really good, and it shows that his voice is still in cracking shape after, um, you know, he's, oh, that, that song won't let me play. That's annoying, isn't it? Oh, no, I was going to play his um, his last single. Let me see if I can find it on here. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Um, oh, no, I can't find it. I can't find it. Have we got <laughs> Have we got him? Oh, God. I'm so nervous. Fine. Hello, Denny. You're right. Yeah, I'm what, all right. What's going on with your bloody phone, man? Well, it's a landline, and oh. it's, uh, I don't know, it just went off. It's very, very anyway, retro. Um, yeah. Uh, I forgot what the question was. Did he ever sing Penny Lane, changing the words to oh. Denny Lane? No, but, well, I was, I was making a sarcastic joke. Everybody else in the world does. Do they? Oh, but, no. Well, you know, it's like, it's like, that's one of them standing jokes. But I will tell you that, uh, knowing Paul's, you know, quirky kind of personality, that yeah. he, he must have written that Penny Lane with me in mind, because if you notice, and people don't know this, I don't, I don't know anybody who came up with this except me. Yeah. But the bass line in, in Penny Lane is exactly the same bass line as in Go Now. No! No! Ding, 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 He's absolutely right! Yeah, and so... That's incredible! And Penny Lane being, you know, a place in Liverpool, tie in with Denny Lane, and there you go. And I did know him in those days as well, don't forget. Yeah. When did you... Well, let's go back a bit to... Let's go back to the Moody Blues... Um, am I right? You kind, you guys started out as like a, a proper, you know, early sixties blues group, as opposed to yeah. a pop or a, as opposed to a right. pop band. Yes, exactly. Well, they came back from Liverpool. Uh, sorry, they came back from Germany. Ray and Mike. Yeah. And they decided they want to put a band together to go back to Germany because they've been hanging out with people like the Beatles and whatever because those were the bands getting the work out there. And they said, there's a lot of work in Germany, we want to put a band together. And I said, well, let's get the band together, but I want to play blues music. I don't want to play pop music, because that's the way it's got to be. Yeah. Um, you know, so anyway, that's what we did. But instead of going back to Germany, we got discovered at the residency we had. We had like a blues club we played. And then we went down to London. But of course, that developed out of that into R&B and Go Now and all that stuff was an extension of us being a basically a blues band and and the moody blues was stood for blues you know that yeah. was it that was the whole point of it yeah um and go now was is such an iconic song it's such a great it, we played it yesterday uh, you know to flag up you were coming on and what is that i mean that's that's like 54 55 years old now it sounds yeah. incredible today man incredible well, in those days, we we didn't have many choices, you know. You just went in the studio, you had a tape machine, and very four tracks or something like that. You had to be good. A lot of the bands in those days were good. They played everywhere. They were always good in the studio. They just went in, bang, bang, and it was all over. So we kind of recorded that very simply. And I think a lot of that old stuff, obviously on vinyl, stands up today yeah. especially because they're all trying to capture that sound on vinyl now that that or that that uh, sound is purely because of the simplicity of the, the recording of those days yeah but yeah it does stand up it's 
right in your face. You know? why, why did you leave the, the, the Moody's? What, what, what happened there? Because you, you, were, you were huge, you, you were on a, a, a crest of a wave, and then you weren't in them anymore. What happened? Well, uh, we weren't, actually, because we, crest of the wave was obviously go now, which we, we were on the Chuck Berry tour. We, that went to the top because we were playing live, and yeah. everybody would go out and buy it. But after that, we did the album, and then that album didn't do too well to start with. And the guys wanted to go out on the, excuse my Americanisms here, but the guys wanted to go out on the road and just make money. Yeah. Let's go to Germany. Let's go to France. Let's do this. I said, no, we should be going in the studio and doing a new album, which we did owe at Decca at the time. Yeah. And uh, so I said, well, I, you know, I just don't fancy it. I'm just going to sit and write and try and get some more material together. Anyway, we didn't fall out or anything like that. Anyway, they started looking around for other people, and they found Justin and John came from Ray Thomas's band. So, so they did that together. I actually opened for them once. Did you? Playing the old material, and I was playing my string band material. Yeah. Um, but anyway, having said that, um, you know, we I went off to do my thing. They went off to, and then by owing that album to Decca, funnily enough, that's how they ended up getting their hit with. Uh, uh, Days of Future Past. Right. What it, was it? The first album? I can't remember. Or, or anyway, they they owed that album to Decca. Decca called in their 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 bet, and they went, "Yeah, well, we want you to do this album with the Peter Knight Orchestra. And it's a demo album, blah blah blah." So they ended up having a huge hit with that because it was the first stereo album ever made, and uh, of course everybody started playing it. So that's the story behind that. But you, but you, reason, I was going to say that you, was it this year that you all got inducted finally in the yeah. Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and uh, the Moody's and you were, you were there as well? That's true. Well, it was great because they were very nice to me. And uh, of course, Mike and Ray were there from the old band. And I'd already met Justin anyway and John yeah. in, 60, in the 70s or was it the 80s? I'd already met them and I'd, I'd worked with, uh, Justin in Germany once. No, sorry, in Ireland, just after the troubles. I went out there with him. And, you know, I was kind of, they were very nice to me. Very, very kind of, you know, gracious and friendly, and we had a good laugh. And that was more important than actually winning the <laughs> the award, really, for me. Yeah. And uh, it was great. Really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, what was working with Ginger Baker like? For those who haven't seen, there's a brilliant, I can't remember what it's called, but there's a brilliant documentary about Ginger Baker, yeah. Baker of course, went on to drum with, with Clapton and all kinds of people. But um, <laughs> a very intense, very intense, eccentric gentleman, he said, being diplomatic. <laughs> what was he like with you? He wasn't like that with me at all. Was he not? Uh, no. Nah. I mean, again, I knew Ginger and Jack from the Chuck Berry tour I just mentioned. Yeah. They were in a band called the Graham Bond Organisation. Oh, of course. They opened for us for us on that tour yeah and uh, so that again came about as me knowing them they were knocking about with steve winwood then we were putting traffic together and i was knocking about with trevor from the move and we went down and visited them and it was steve's birthday and i had a little jam with eric and and uh and ginger and then of course later on a few months down the road he asked me to do that the ginger baker's air force thing that was after the blind faith thing fell apart yeah so that was a natural for that, you know. And again, when we did the thing in, in uh, when we did Band on the Run out, out in Africa, he had a studio in that same town. So again, we're all connected up again. So I never really had any problems with Ginger. Of course, a lot of people did because he, he didn't suffer fools. 
No. But he was the same time, you know, he was doing a lot of dope as well. He was the first to own up about that. And he was, like, very, you know, out there, having put it all together himself, with the help of Robert Stigwood, I will say. But mm. at the same time, it was a big undertaking taking on the band. But with me and him, we never had any problems whatsoever. And I've actually worked with him in Spain after since. And yeah. Um, I, I never had that thing with him at all. We were just pals. We were very close. Your um, your voice is still great. Okay, I'm going to blow a little bit of smoke up your ass, Danny. So get re- get <laughs> loosen the bell. Get ready. Stop y- it. Your voice is still great because I, I I listened to the interview you did with my friends Ryan and Chris on the Take It Away podcast, and right. they played a song that you did last year called Meant to Be, which I was going to play, right. but it's my computer's died, so I can't. Um, oh. But it's a, it's a great song from last year, and your voice still sounds incredible. What, what, do, do you, do you one of those people that does exercises with it? You know, the... No, da, 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 da. no not really. I mean, it has been known on a, a drunken night, but not <laughs> necessarily. No, I just don't, you know, I don't work that much to the point where I'm blowing my voice out all the time. Yeah. And also, you know, it's like... You have to learn to sing from your stomach and not from your throat. That's all I can say. It's yeah. just a technique. But I have had a lot of voice problems. I, I, you know, if I catch a cold and, and I'm in a cold country like that and I can't get rid of it, oh, it's a nightmare. Oh, really? Did, you, did but, your voice go? Well, yeah. But generally speaking, you know, I, I think if you, play, if you go out and you tour too much, you, you tend to blow your voice out. You've got to be careful of that. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I don't do it enough to to do that. And uh, as I say, you know, I don't push it too much. And, and thanks for the compliment, by the way. But, but you know, I mean, I, I can still keep the same tempo. I mean, sorry, the same uh, keys that I played the original songs. Yeah. In. I still go out and do the same songs, yeah. Um, it, but I, think, I think you always lose a little bit of what you were, though, even like in playing-wise. You know, I'm learning some of my old Moody Blues stuff at the moment because I'm doing that album. Yeah. And it's hard to to relearn something that you used to do, you know, all those years ago. It's kind of how you were then. It's very hard to do it after you... you know, well, also, in those early Mo- Moody's days, you were kids. You were, you were you yeah. know, just boys, you know, and um, that is, yeah. it's a lifetime ago, isn't it? That's right. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, um, it, I get the feeling you've really enjoyed yourself in your career, and I don't necessarily mean in a chemical way, or maybe you did, I don't no. know, but we were no, watching... I was never really into good that. Good for you. I, I was, we were but... watching a bit of rock show earlier on, and just that, and I might, I might end on this uh, to, uh, when we finish chatting. That version of Go Now, with, with Paul and Linda kind of hamming up the backing vocals, you all look, you look like the, you know, a beautiful rock star. It looks like so much fun, man. Oh, yeah, it was. I mean, you can't beat it. You, you, you're just out there having a ball because you've worked to it, towards it. And, you know, as I say, I was like, let's put it this way. I was, I was on, on the road for years, and then I wasn't on the road for years. And as soon as I got into Wings, all I wanted to do was be on the road. Right. Because that's what we were, that's what we were aspiring to. And so when that tour came up, you know, and, and we were at that stage. Of course, we were all very happy about it, and we'd had a lot of hits and all that stuff. But again, you know, since then, I, I've kind of, you know, not done it on that level. And um, I've been, I suppose, semi-retired, but it's uh, purely because you're trying to get back to that level. That's, you're always kind of, you're always trying to push the envelope to get back to what you were or and go on the road as much as you possibly can and that's what i'm still doing mm. you know you don't change people don't change 
Um, what was it with wings and recording studios? Because you didn't have to pick some weird ones. Obviously, there's the whole yeah. band on the run in Lagos yeah. debacle. Mm-hmm. There's, there's, um, it was London Town, wasn't it, that was recorded yeah. on a boat. What? Why Boats, couldn't you yeah. just go into Abbey Road, like you know, <laughs> like the old well, days? Because we're, we're because we were looking for influence. Yeah, basically. You know, I mean, I was into boats for a while, and then Paul and Linda said, you know, what you got a boat for? I said, because it's a great life, and it gets you away from everything. You know, and in a way, the studio gets you away from everything, too. So I said, he, he said, well, let's make an album on, on some boats, then. It's like, we aren't, we're Fantastic. not going to be bothered. Let's go to Lagos. We won't be bothered. And But also, it's because of the music. You know, you go, say you go to Jamaica, you know you're going to be influenced by reggae. Yeah. And if you go to Lagos, you know you're going to be influenced by African drums. So it's to do with that. It really is. You just, you, you've got to keep charging them batteries off, is what it is. And that's what we did. What's, what's, in, what's interesting about the Wings albums is, is the, 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 there's a, the, the, some of the early albums, you know, they're, they're, there's a couple of songs you think, well, maybe that's not the greatest song. But by Band on the Run, it all came together, didn't it? And it shouldn't have come together because you had two people leaving the band. You went off to Lagos to a studio that perhaps wasn't the most technically, uh, you know, right. g- g- good studio. Paul Paul had all the tapes nicked off him when he got mugged. Yeah. That should yeah. Band on the Run should have been a, a, a disaster, but it's it is it's a wonderful album. Well, thanks, but again, that was because of me and him having that determination. Hey, it's booked. We're gonna go. Um, I didn't even know the guys, they weren't coming until I got on the plane. And then, of course, you go there and you make the best of what you got. And Jeff Emmerich was with us. And as you say, a lot of the studio gear wasn't really in working edition. It was a, it was all hand-me-downs from other EMI studios. But it was good enough for me and him. It's yeah. no different to us, you know, being up in Scotland and... and uh, knocking out that Buddy Holly album we did yeah. on this little four-track machine. It's no different. It's it's all down to the people and what you do with it, you know. You don't need all those tracks sometimes. And so in that case, where he got on the drums and I got on the guitar and we just jammed our way through the songs because we had a good idea what they were going to be like. And we got the feel down first, and that was the important thing. So it was easy. And it was, was it, it was primarily you and Paul doing all the tracks, Paul on the drums, and, and you kind of sort of rhythm and yeah. b- a bit of bass? Yeah, well, generally a guitar first, and then we, had, we overdubbed a lot of right. stuff, obviously, when we got back to London. We added all the other stuff. Then we got Tony Visconti to do the strings and the brass and stuff like that. And then it was uh, it was easy, but but the main thing was to just get those songs down in a simple form because that's all we had was me and him. Yeah, uh, I think that's what gave it the feel that people kind of liked. It was a relaxed album. Yeah. So, Denny, you got uh, um, you've got these talks coming up, with these evenings with with Jeff Emmerich. What what else is in the pipeline for you? What you got next? Well, that's you know that's just something I'm doing as part of the other things that I'm doing, which yeah. is it's a lot of uh, solo stuff. Um, that's it, really. I, I do have a musical I've been knocking around with oh. for years. It's called Arctic Song. It's it's kind of a, an environmental thing, and I've done it with a couple of universities. I've done it with uh, with the people up in Fredonia, which is Buffalo, New York, with yeah. that university. That's a kind of a side thing that I'm doing. It's almost like a charity thing. It's a kind of a, you know, save the planet thing. Um, and other than that, I'm just purely... Uh, I suppose I'm still promoting that that single that I put out, and, I, and I'm going. Actually, I'm going into the, not in the studio. I'm going into the, to a farm, and I'm going to do some writing for the next month or two. The idea of putting a new album together, 
But I do have an, another album in the bag that's been sitting around on the shelf for a few years that we're thinking about re-releasing for the first time. Why is it, what, what is it? Why has it been sitting around? Well, it's, <laughs> it's usually because of politics. Can we just say that? <laughs> you yes. know what I mean? Yeah, I do you know, know what you mean, mate. You, you exactly do it on a handshake, then the next minute you know they want this and they want that, and it's all like, wait a minute. So it was all that. But, but it's a good album, and uh, it's still... Stands the test of time. So that's about to come out, I think, maybe in a couple of months or three months. All right. Hey, Denny, honestly, man, it, it's such a thrill to talk to you, brother. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for writing and for playing on and for doing, you know, so many wonderful songs. Seriously, thank you very much. Thank you, Ian. I really appreciate that. And I enjoyed the, uh, the talk with you. Yeah, we'll Bless do. you. Anytime you want to come on, Denny, you, you're more, you'd be more than welcome. Just drop us a line. Thank you, mate. I will. I'll let you know about Jeff Emmerich, too. Oh, yes, please do. Let's get Jeff all on right, the mate. show. Thank you very much. Ladies and gentlemen, all the way from America, Denny Lane. Indulge me. I couldn't, I couldn't get the new single to work. So instead, this is from Wings Over America, which is some album, 1976. This is Paul McCartney, Lyndon McCartney, and Denny Lane playing Go Now. This is it. Listen to this. Incredible. <laughs>
Yeah, well, thank you. Flipping heck, man. Flipping heck. Can I just say, Catherine's been a right told, um, what do they, what do they, uh, I may have just dumped myself then by accident. What do they call it? A star, star stuff? Anyway, she's given her phone number out to all these pop stars we've had coming on. Outrageous behaviour. What would her father say? We'll find out tomorrow when I call him up. Um, that was beautiful. Thank you so much for, for, I know some of you love the interviews and some of you hate the interviews. Tough. We, we, we done it. It was good. Coming up after 11, you know the fella who's being haunted by a seven foot ringmaster? Yeah, we got him coming up. Yeah, yeah, he's coming on the show as well. So, um, so that's going to be fun. Um, let me just take this call. Hello, line one. You're on the radio. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. 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 Hello there. Yes, caller. Hi. What? 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 What are you doing? Why are you? You're, why? Are you, why are you beeping? I'm not beeping. It must be your end. It's not. It's not. <laughs> it's literally not my end. It's your end. Okay. What can we do for you, caller? Uh, okay. Hello, Ian. It's um. It's the wrong Madonna. The wrong Madonna. Hello, wrong Madonna. Yeah. Last time you interviewed the scientist, because it wasn't the other one. Okay. Have you come down? Have you come down from your high from talking to Demi? I am um, still on my high, but I'll come. I'm. I'm coming crashing down every beep we get. Okay. At one time, I might be very, very excited because I was massively into the Beatles and then the Wings, but yeah. not so much now. No. But I do stop dissing Mother Kintyre because I love that. I didn't diss Mother Kintyre. Who, who were you listening to? I didn't diss it. I, I think you did like a, well, you know, like a quite a few days ago. I think you have. Um, I would. I don't. I. I don't believe you. I would. I, you take me to court because I don't. I do not believe a word you're saying. Well, that's the impression I got anyway. Well, you have a and very, Mother very negative outlook on life. I do not have very positive. Far have I travelled and much have I seen For distant waters and pornos obscene I love it! I love it too, but I got the impression you hate it. I, I tell you what I hate I is I hate, I hate, I hate um, uh, phones that keep bleeping. That's what I hate. That's what I hate. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the uh, telephone number. Catherine's just raised her eyes. It's either about that last call or the call we've got coming up. We just don't know, guys. We just don't know. Oh, remind me to tell you um, uh, uh, what happened when me and Kath went out for dinner tonight. Oh, ho, ho. Kath proposed to me. No, I'm joking. Something really weird happened. Uh, I'll tell you in a bit. Good evening, Damon. Hello. Hello, Damon. Uh, I think it's absolutely pathetic what you're doing. What? What? What's that, Damon? A radio show? Yes. Why is it pathetic to do a radio show? Don't you? Are you scared of things that don't have pictures? No, I think you're you're piping up here. You think I'm a, a what? 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 Now? You're piping up. I'm piping up. I have. I'll have you know. Yeah. I, I haven't piped up in uh, in uh, almost fourteen years. Haven't you? No, well, I you haven't. Were, you weren't. You're, you weren't against somebody that can't wear. Damon, I don't know if you've got like a penis or something in your mouth. Could you take it out because I can't really understand what you're saying. You've got one in yours. I understood that. Um, so I don't know what your I don't, I don't know what your beef is, Damon. Yeah, that's my beef. Okay. Would you like Would you like to fight about it? If you want. I'd love to. Uh, can you get to Waterloo? 
I will. Okay, well, can you get to 18 Hatfields? How long do you think it would take you to get to 18 Hatfields? Uh, about half an hour. Okay, brilliant. Well, when you're here, could you give me a call and, um, I will come down and I will, um, I will beat you up? Yeah. All right, brilliant. I look forward to beating you up. What, about half an hour, 35 minutes? No, you ain't, you prick. Sorry? No, you ain't, you prick. Okay, here's the, here's the thing, Damon. I'm, I'm not the guy that's been phoning up a radio station for the last 30 minutes not being answered. I haven't. Yes, you have. I haven't. Yes, you... Now you're a liar, as well as a... No, as, no, you're a liar. No, yeah, you, you no, 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 you're... No, 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 you're a liar. No, 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 you're a liar. 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 And you're a bellend. Oh, three, four, four, four. In fact, no, don't call him, because we'll speak to Madonna in a bit, and then we'll talk to the guy who's been haunted by a seven-foot ghost, and then I'll tell you what happened when me and Kath went out for dinner tonight. It was very, very weird. Oh, I'm not going to give out the number. This is Talk Radio. Across the UK, online and on DAB. Take a far out trip into the twilight zone of late night radio with Ian. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Am I the only one thinking there's something not quite right about that cannabis oil story? It's, it's, it's perfect fodder for phone-in, for, you know, for lazy phone-in radio hosts. It's cannabis, it's a sick child, it's the government, it, you know, it's, it's perfect fodder. I'm not necessarily I want to do it as a phone-in, because I, but um, there's something not quite right about that story. Because it, uh, as far as I'm aware... The mum who bought this cannabis oil in Canada, I think it was, as she was coming back through customs in Britain, she declared it. She went through the I have something to declare aisle. Um, And of of course it's going to get confiscated. Now, if you were to... um, I must be the only person, me and and my friend... um, I won't say who. Me and my friend went to Amsterdam to get stoned, right? Years Years and years ago. And we um, we went there. We were there for a couple of days. We got stoned and we came back. And when we came back, we realised that on the way out to Amsterdam, we had some weed with us that we just had anyway. And we we were probably the only people who had smuggled weed into Amsterdam. But um, if you're if you're bringing something that you know is problematic legally into this country, I'm not saying this to encourage you to do it. But if you are you, you want to bring in some cannabis oil for your sick child. Well then, you put it you put it in your pants, or you put it in your wash bag, or you 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 distill it out of the bottle and you put it in you know like a baby's bottle you, or something. You put it somewhere where it, it, and you don't go. By the way, I've got some cannabis oil because obviously that's now. Listen, I don't wish this family ill. Of course not. I wish this poor child every life. And we all know that cannabis. And I don't want to do it. Should we legalize it? We all know that cannabis does have medicinal qualities and can certainly help. Um, people with certain medical conditions, and it's ridiculous that they're denied it. So that's out there. But there's something not right. And you said, Catherine, the speed at which it was picked up by the yeah, press. Yeah, because, you know, I've been a journalist for a long time, and people are always being stopped at customs. Yeah. Why would this one in particular be known about on the day it happened, unless she'd gone to the press? We, 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 we're just kicking ideas but I don't know. We don't know. Someone's gone to the press about it. But there's it. something not quite right about it. Why would you declare it? My boy, listen, I, I got weed, I got um, uh, uh, marijuana for my mum because she's got MS 
And I said to her, do you, I mean, it's, it's mainly for pain with MS, and she's lucky she doesn't really suffer from pain. But I said, do you want to try it? And she went, yeah, all right. So I got some weed from my own personal stash, and um, we made some tea, and we watched the countdown, and she told me all of the family secrets, pissed herself laughing at Richard Whiteley, and then two hours later said, well, I don't think it's having any effect on me. And she was on a cannabis trial, actually, with um, with Reading Hospital. She was on a trial for six months of, of cannabis. Um, the spray, I had to spray it under her tongue. Um so I've got no qualms. If if I if it would if it would help a member of my family, I'd be out there. I'd be out there tonight trying to trying to get it in whatever form. But I wouldn't go through customs and go, "Hey guys, I've got this." Well, unless yeah. and here's the Here cynical journo in me. Unless you knew that was going to happen, and you're doing it to make a point, to make a point, which or, is also you know fair yeah. fair play. Or someone put you up to it. Yeah. You know, someone in a paper said, well, this is a great story, this is a great campaign. Or someone in one of the many bodies that are trying to get it legalised. Or a dealer, or a drug dealer, a stoner. I don't think it was no, that. But this is interesting. Anyway, 0344 499 We did a really interesting story yesterday. You know we like our supernatural bits. I don't, I'm not treading on Howard Hughes' show. If you dig this kind of supernatural vibe, Howard Hughes, Sunday nights, 10 o'clock, it's, it's, it's great. He covers everything. Uh, generally... I, th- I would suggest he relies a little too heavily on um, camp psychics, um, but but he does t- time travel, uh, astral projection, ghosts, all kinds of Invisi stuff. Invisi planes, Invisi planes, all kinds of stuff. Right. So there's there's plenty of that, but but we like to dip our toe in as well. And it was a story that we saw yesterday. Vic sent it to us on um, Twitter. Girlfriend dumps partner after ghost of seven foot circus ringmaster followed him home from exorcism. And it, it, we read it, and it's actually it's quite a, a, a harrowing story. Um, and uh, I said, Catherine, Catherine, get me Ed Booker. That was his name. Get me Ed Booker on the show. I want to speak to this guy. Well, I'm absolutely thrilled to say we've got Ed Booker on the show. Evening, Ed. Evening. <laughs> how, how you doing, mate? You are right? Yeah, I'm not too bad. You? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. I'm intrigued by your story. I really, really am. What, what, what happened? You tell us what happened. Because, uh, you know, we all know that papers can kind of take things out of context and twist them. So what, what happened? Yeah, I mean, the, the, the first thing is, you know, the, the, the main headline, uh, you know, it, it didn't um, break us up. I don't think it helped uh, the relationship. Right. Um, but it, it wasn't the be all and end all of us breaking up. Oh, because they um, made the whole story that she was annoyed with your with your um, seven foot ghost, and so she she, she, she off. didn't like it. She didn't like it. Would. But... <laughs> I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, but there I mean, were other issues know, in the relationship. There, there were other things going on, but okay. it was you know sort of mixed in with with you know having the sort of the negative vibes if you see what i mean yeah. so she would come in with with her daughter and within five minutes um of being really nice and putting the kettle on they it, it would be a completely reverse of character right. and really angry really aggressive um and it was just negative and then as soon as we walk out the door and and get some air away from the house everything's fine and we're like well, what we're we doing you know what's wow. going on Wow, it was that. Um, it was that. It was that apparent. Was it? You'd walk out, as soon as you walked out the house. That the, yeah. the mood would totally go revert back to being lovely and completely, completely. That's incredible. Um, and as as soon as you come back in, and then you start getting the headaches and start getting angry for no apparent reason, you know. 
Um, and it's not just them, you know, other people came in and, you know, friends and, and people like that would just come in and just get really headachey, really drained of energy, really just angry and think, oh, well, no, I need to go now. And they'd uh, are you be in, here for 20 minutes and go. Are you in the same house, Ed, now? As the, as, yeah. as, as, and is, is that, is, is, I was going to say evil, I, I, I don't want to prejudge yeah. it, but is that presence still there or have you managed to shake it off? No, it's still it's still there. It's how, still here. How can you? Um, I know we're jumping all over the place. We will go back to the beginning. Yeah. But how can you stand to be in there then? If there's this this kind of this, this pressure in there, the 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 thing is is that um, when it all happened, all came to surface. Yeah. I was in a completely different building, different different house, different building. Yeah, um, and it was happening there. So then, obviously, I moved, um, and whatever it is, followed. Flipping heck. So it's sort of, whether it's attached to me, I don't think it's just the, the house that, right. that, it's, that it's in. I think, it, you know. So wherever you go, um, it, it, there's a strong chance it's going to be there. It's going to rock up as well. Yeah. I mean, I do events, uh, paranormal-wise, for, for the public. I own my own company, and... It was apparent after I started the, the the business up and I was taking just random members of the public who enjoyed the sort of going out, seeing if a place is haunted. Yeah. They started saying, that's all good and well, but who's that behind you? What is that oh, thing behind you? Oh, no! No! And I'm, di- and I'm just like, what, what do you mean? What are we talking about? And then I'm feeling this bad, bad sense of dread as please don't say it. And they're saying... Well, it's about seven footish with a great big top hat, and it's just bowed to me and took off its hat. And I've, I've, yeah, I've, I've like, oh no, oh no. And it's time and time again, people that I don't even know, um, who don't know the story, who don't know anything about it, just keep saying, oh, who's this thing? Who's, what is it? What is it? Let's go back um, to the beginning, Ed. So you are, yeah, how would you describe yourself? A, a, a paranormal investigator? A psychic? What are you? Um, I would, lots of people have said I'm a, either a sensitive or a medium. Um, I've been experiencing weird stuff since I was a very, very young boy. Um, stuff that I can't even remember, but um, family and friends uh, way, way back even going back from when I was about three, have, have, have sort of even jotted down for me um, the stuff that I, I surely shouldn't know. Um, but I did. And it just seems to sort of be there every now and again. It seems to just happen where I see things that I shouldn't see and experience things that I shouldn't. And, you know, I guess, you know... People in the paranormal world will call that either a psychic or a medium or, or sensitive. Um, you know, I, I just know that I see what I see and yeah. I, I do what I do when it happens. Um, so, you know, having strange feelings and stuff, that's sort of part and parcel of, yeah. of most days. So but. so what were you doing? You were at an event with some friends, were you? Well, when this no, I, it was a... So basically, I used to be part of a paranormal group uh, based in West Sussex yeah. in Horsham um, and um, I basically joined their group 
just because I thought I was mad. Up to the age of 23, I thought I was completely loony. Wow. Didn't know what was going on. Things were getting out of control. I didn't know who to turn to. You know, it's not something you'd bring up with your family and friends close to you because they'd think you're all mad as well. So I thought, no, I'll go to people that might understand. Mm. Um, so I spoke to a couple of them in the group and they said, no, you're not mad. You're actually this, this and this. And you can see this, this and this. And, you know, come along and join us in our group. And, you know, we go around to haunted places and we investigate it scientifically and spiritually and see what we can get. Um, and, you know, you might enjoy it. So I went along did a few uh, investigations uh, with a group of about 10 people. And one day we got a call from a family in Horsham who were having some issues at their own home. And I think it was one of our first ones we, you know, we did at someone's home. And, you know, they, they seemed quite distraught yeah. and wanted anyone's help. You know, they, they just needed help. So... A couple of the group went round and had a chat to them and, and you know, got a bit more in, information about it. And they were having a lot of weird happenings at home, um, lots of things moving, bad presences, uh, shadow figures, that type of thing in the house. And, you know, quite rightly, you know, that would scare anyone. Yeah, of course. Uh, even me. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, we went in and investigated. Um investigated you know for most of the night uh into sort of the early hours of the morning um and what we found was that there was it was one of those feelings like you would get at mine where you'd walk in and you'd have that sort of pain in the head and something just doesn't Right. Well, I work with I work with a woman weird. called Catherine. I know exactly what you're describing. Walking into the room, getting a pain in the head, and things not feeling right. Catherine, uncalled for. Um, that was, that was and work- you have not got an, uh, an evil ghost behind you to use as an excuse. That was workplace bullying. Outrageous. It was actual bullying. Sorry, Ed, Ed. Ed, stay there. I've got to do some adverts. Wait there. I will come back and get the rest of the story. We're speaking to Ed Booker, who um, we spoke about yesterday on the show. He's got a seven foot ghost following him. Um, this is this is. This is proper creepy stuff. Yeah, and you're it? talking about doing a seance at home as well, and I've been talking to Ed about that. Oh, well, I'll, I'll get some tips from Ed on the, the, the best way to get um, famous ghosts, as opposed <laughs> to just, like, paupers and peasants. Um, oh, three, if you want to phone up and tell us your ghostly stories, oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. This is the Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. Set free your mind. Let your fancy take flight. Conversation gets curiouser by the glow of moonlight. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Speaking to Ed Booker, Ed uh, was telling us um, about a particularly spooky experience. So you're at this. It, it's someone's house, is it, Ed? Uh, yes. And, and yeah. there's all kinds of there's there's dark vibes. There's strange energy. All kinds of things happening. What we're going? What happened next? That's it. So obviously we we you know did an investigation for the family, uh, using lots of different bits of equipment and trying to get evidence for them so they can obviously say that they're they're not losing the plot as well. Yeah. 
Um, <clears throat> what do they do? And, you know, what would they do with that evidence? They can't. It's not like they can take it to their insurance company, is it? And no. Go, yeah, you've put in, put in the claim for a third broken TV this month. Oh well, it's actually it's our poltergeist. No, but surely putting yeah. a na- being able to put a name on yeah. it at least puts your mind they, slightly at rest. Yeah. yeah, they they wanted to know because it hadn't ever happened uh, before, and it was very sort of just just happened straight away. They couldn't understand why. Um, and they they just wanted answers. They you know can we get rid of whatever it is that, that is there? Yeah. Um, can can we you know if we can't get rid of it, can we at least protect the the family or put protection up to to sort of stop it from happening as much? Yeah. You know they they just wanted people to actually you know to see if they can help in any yeah. way, shape, or of form. Course, of course. So you know they could have literally got anyone to to come round and and to try and help but um obviously they they heard through through our group from one of their friends and and you know obviously anyone that needs anyone's help then you know we're the type of people that that would go and and help them who are you gonna call but exactly (laughs) exactly um but so but but something latched on to you yeah, so basically near the end of the night, obviously we kept feeling this this dark energy. Um, as soon as we walked through the door, we felt something wasn't right, and there, there was this this dark energy. So we all of us went into the living room. Um, it was big enough to all standing in a circle. Yeah, and what we were going to do, we were going to bring everyone's energy. Uh, in, all up, you know, in this circle, bring everyone's energy up because the more energy uh. that spirit can get, the more they can do, the more they can manifest, okay. the, more, the more they, you know, we can find out what's going on, who's there, and see if we can sort of step to it. Okay, right, I got you. So so if there's enough energy, you might, like, be, be able to see it or hear it or, or, or it, can, right. it can answer questions and stuff. Okay, I got you. That's yeah. right. That's Makes right. sense, yeah. So, um you know, some of the family members were, were sort of standing in the circle. Uh, I was one of them. As I said, it was about 10 team members as well. So it was about 12 of us standing in the circle. Yeah. Um, and then there was the, the curtains were drawn, and there's a little bit of light coming from a street lamp through the curtains, yeah. I remember. And you, you could see everyone's silhouette. You can see one shadow that, that was standing around. And all of a sudden these other shadows started coming up around <laughs> the people I could see yeah. standing in front of me. Oh, mate. And, you know, at first you start thinking, oh, is it a trick of the light? Is it is it a reflection? But then these figures start moving. Mm. Um, and, you know, moving in not a way that, that uh, a shadow would. Yeah. And you still sort of question it and stuff, but then all the shadows start to take different forms. Uh, you know, some are taller than the other people, uh, the people that are standing in the circle. Could, it, and, could everyone um, else see this, or was it just you seeing this? No, a few of the others saw it as well. Um, That's a bit of heck, man. And it, then this, this weird, dark feeling just, just flooded the room, and everyone in the group could feel it. Um, no one could explain it. Some of the groups, you know, they believe and they like to find answers and they like to find it scientifically and, you know, people call them sceptics, but they, they need to find scientific proof yeah, of course. before they can say it's something 
you know, otherworldly and and sort of paranormal, etc. Yeah. So uh, I remember one of the group actually uh, nearly collapsed, and yeah. they they were one of the sceptical people, and and you know someone had to sort of grab them to to keep them up. They don't know what happened. But at the same time, I saw two of these figures run round the circle, and all I can describe of them is if you saw a hooded figure, a hoodie, um, in in the dark, just running, just literally sprinting round everyone. Did you not and cack your pants? In, in all what? honesty, I'm not making light. I'd have been terrified, Ed. <laughs> I, I was, so that's why I was holding someone else's hands. But so this, these two figures ran round, one each side, and I thought I don't like this. So I, I I'm going to shut my eyes. I, I'm not going to see this anymore. I'm just going to shut my eyes and just listen to everyone because you could hear people in the in the circle talking, so uh, living people. And then I was just like, oh, that's fine, you know. Got my eyes shut now, but it really doesn't feel nice. And then next thing I know, I feel like two arms underneath my armpit. Well, you're lucky they didn't put the willies up you. Stop it. Um, <laughs> Catherine. I'm, I'm in, I, yeah. I pulled, <laughs> I pulled, um, I, it felt like I was being pulled back, but I still had hold of the two people's hands. Yeah. But it just felt weird. And then all of a sudden, I've still got my eyes shut, and I've just had this weird sensation to open my eyes. And as I've opened my eyes, this black, looked like a cloud at first, mist big thick black mist just enveloped in the middle of the circle and a lot of the other group uh, people in the circle were seeing it and this thing just rose and rose and rose and thought it was never going to stop and it just sort of went from a cloud into this silhouette of what looked like this tall figure with a, a, a top hat and then it started to form more sort of distinct features. And then by the end of it, it forming, it almost looked like uh, a circus ringmaster. Yeah. Um, but entirely in black. in black. Flipping. All in black. And this is the, the face on it, the face on it, it, it came towards me as I was feeling I was still being pulled back, but yeah. I saw myself stationary. Um but the face on it was like if you'd ever seen um, Jack Nicholson, the Joker in the original Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's in the museum, and he's got all the the normal flesh-coloured uh, face paint on, the makeup on. Uh, that grin with crazy look, bloodshot eyes, and when the grins, you can see the teeth. Can no, I just stop you a second? Kathy, you yeah. feel, I'm, I'm feeling really, my chest is feeling tight listening to this. This sounds like the most grotesque thing. This is horrible, isn't it? Do you feel, I'm, my chest nice. is, no, I bet it wasn't nice. My chest <laughs> is feeling really tight listening. Sorry to interrupt there. Go on. I, I just want to see how Catherine's okay. No, that's fine. Um, so this thing just stuck its face right in my face, just grinning. And next thing I know, I'm just hearing everyone's voice go quieter and quieter and quieter until I couldn't hear anyone. And this face just kept coming forward and forward towards me, towards me. I kept feeling I was getting pulled back, pulled back. First time I've ever felt anything like that. And then next thing I know, I'm having someone to my right-hand side in the circle shake me, saying, you're right, you're right. And I've sort of come back round feeling really just not 
great. Um, really drained, really just not in the room. Yeah. Didn't quite know what was going on. Um, and then everything seemed to sort of, I don't know, feel calmer in, in, the, in the room. Yeah. Uh, it's like a big weight lifted, you know. It, it was weird to, it's hard to explain. I'm going to say it something, and it's going to sound rude, and Catherine, please don't laugh at this, I don't mean it's rude. Were you entered? Uh, that I don't know. As I say, I've never experienced anything like it in my life. Okay. Um, I tried telling a couple of the group, but obviously, uh, if they hadn't experienced it, they're not quite sure what's yeah. gone on either. Um, and it didn't happen to anyone else. So, you know, it's one of those things where, oh, okay, it's just me being silly. Um, you know, it didn't happen to anyone else. It should have happened to other people. Yeah. But, you know, like, you know, as I say, I saw one of the, one of the team nearly sort of collapse onto the floor. Um, I think sort of, you know, I'd rather sort of make sure the rest of the team's okay rather than myself. Yeah. That's, you know, it's just me. But... Um, I have spoken to other people. They said, yeah, it could be that it's tried taking you over. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it was just the, the way it was grinning. And I don't know why it looked at me. Why can't it look at one of the All other right. nine people that's standing there? Moving on a bit, Ed, then. So so how yeah. long ago was, was that event? And, and it's, This was about eight years ago. Flipping it! And it's been with you for eight years? Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's one of those things where it's not prevalently there every every day. Yeah, you know, it's almost like it goes right. I'm gonna I'm gonna have a nitpick it in, uh, and then it'll back away, and then I think, oh, okay, actually, it's a lot better, and then yeah. it'll come back again. So, what have you um, done to tr- what have you done to try and get rid of it? Have you had an exorcism? Have you had have you done like a seance? What have you done? I've had protection put up um at, at the home i've had a couple of mediums come in uh one uh walked in uh to where i was having a lot of activity happen um just sort of outside in in the hallway going into the bedroom um and they sort of grabbed their throat as though they've been strangled and then they left quite sharpish and I've had one medium put one foot in the door and said, "No, this is this this is like hell," and, and walk back out. Um, uh, you know, I've had lots of uh, you know advice. How are you? How are you in yourself, Ed? Are, are, are um, you all right? Because you know, the, the, and I'm, I'm going to read. I, I'm going to read some of the, the texts we're getting in in yeah. a minute. I, I, you might know which way they're going to go. But, <laughs> uh, but genuinely, if this has been going on for eight years, and if it's partially yeah. responsible for a relationship breakdown, that's a lot of stuff to go through. Uh, how are you in yourself? Um, yeah, I mean, I've had my sort of up and down days. Yeah. Um, you know, when I've been down, I've been really down. Um, when I've been sort of okay, um, you know, it, it's it's been okay. You know, it hasn't been great. Um uh, yeah, there's sort of more downs than ups. Uh, and you've got, as, as well as, like, your psychic friends, you've got, like, friends around you and stuff who you can kind of, you know, share y- your downtime, you know, when you're feeling down, yeah. you can share that with people. Yeah, Good. I have. Uh, only sort of recently, though, because obviously when I'm spending so much time at work, there's there's only so much you want to tell people. Yeah, yeah. Especially work colleagues, because, you know, you don't want to be seen as... Uh, weird well if i'm going to read a few of these texts that we've had in i hope you don't mind okay um uh um barry has texted in saying this guy sounds like he's talking nonsense 
Um, mm-hmm. Julie is texting in saying, I don't buy a word of this. And mm-hmm. CJ's just texting in one word, bollocks. Oh, God. Mm-hmm. Now, when you hear that kind of reaction, how does that make you feel? Well, at the end of the day, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Um, you know, and I, I can see it, unless you're sort of having it happen to you, it yeah. does seem very far-fetched. It seems it's completely bonkers. If if I'd heard it on from anyone else's mouth and I, I hadn't experienced anything like this at all and I was a complete sort of sceptic, no, 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 I would be, like, saying the same thing. Yeah. You know, um, I, I, it, it's... It, until you've been in that position, then, you know, everyone's entitled to their opinion, yeah. but, you know... Ed, listen, stay there. Yeah. I've got to do some more ads. When we get back, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to have a seance for a laugh in a, in a few weeks, and I wouldn't mind some mm. tips. Oh, ah. Uh, we'll my suggestion. And also, we'll, we'll, we'll give, if you want to give the business a plug as well, we, we, we can do all that. If you've got any links or, or, or places you want people to go to. I'm loving this. I'm speaking to Ed Booker. Um, he's um, being followed by a seven-foot ghostly ringmaster. Um, this is The Late Night Alternative. I'm Ian Lee. That's Catherine Boyle. This is Tool Radio. Unmissable late night radio with the original king of unconventional conversation. Make contact with Ian Lee. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. They've got Ed Booker on. Ed, I'm I'm really enjoying chatting to you. Um, I, I, I noticed an intake of breath when I told you that I'm planning. I'm I'm buying a house and I'm hopefully moving there five six weeks. And I'm going to have a seance. I was thinking of having a seance, getting a Ouija board off Amazon, inviting Catherine, inviting my friends um, Scott Balcony, Dredge and Dan to come round and stream it live. Because we can't do a seance on the radio, Ed. The rules, the law yeah. is we can't do it, right? So I was going right. to stream it on my YouTube channel. But you, you sucked in... You sucked in your breath, or maybe it was the the ringmaster sucked in your breath. No, it was definitely Ed, because <laughs> no. I heard it. Go on, tell, tell, tell me why, Ed. Go on. Well... The, the trouble is, you if you, if you start dabbling, and I know firsthand, if you yeah. start dabbling um, with that type of thing, yeah. and you know, you hear it time and time again off people as well that have had bad experiences, yeah. and you, you don't quite know what to do, how to do it. Um, it can end badly, you know. You're you're asking for things to to come in. Even you know, if we're just doing it for a laugh, I just yeah, wow, yeah. Okay. Because if if you get, doesn't matter who you get in. If you ask for anyone to come in, then yeah. anyone or anything will come in. You know, it's it, it you're it's an open open house. It's, it, I'd oh, I'd read somewhere that you have to um, bathe yourself in white light. You have to imagine yourself bathed in white light, and that will stop. Um, that will stop evil spirits. Is that not... It's not as simple as that. Bathing yourself in white light will um, sort of put up a little bit of a barrier, yeah. like an invisible force field, yeah. uh, to give you that sort of bit of extra protection. Okay. Um, you know, that, that's, that's what a lot of people um, in the paranormal world feel, you know, have said. Um, but if the energy is that strong, then it's mm. going to need more than white light. And as I say, if you if you do seances and stuff, yeah. you've got to have more than a bit of white light, to be honest. Uh, because as I say, you don't know what's coming through. 
And, yeah, you could have nan or granddad or, or family friends come in. Brilliant. But then or you, you might get Hitler. Have, yeah, you could have anyone. You could have Hitler. <laughs> I don't think he's come through on anyone, but, you know, it's always the first time. I don't want Hitler. Uh, <laughs> um, Ed, stay there, Ed. Uh, you know, see, see if you're going to live there as well. Yeah. <laughs> CJ's called in. CJ, what, what's your experience with the paranormal? Um, from from my perspective, uh, from I'd your perspective, it, yes, it's it's very uh, down to my mental health. Um, I've, I've had experiences where I woke up and I feel like there's been something sat on my chest, mm. and what that's actually been is just um, uh, sleep deprivation because I've not slept in a while. What sleep deprivation? Well, well, hang on a minute. So you're so you've you felt like something sat sat on your chest, but you it's just but you sang on. You've just said. Right, I've got a hole in your story. You just said you woke up, and then you talked about sleep deprivation. Well, you've had yeah. sleep. Well, well, when you're going to sleep, yeah. um, you can have um, REM sleep, and then you're going to have the sleep where you're sort of semi-awake. And the sleep I usually have... Semi-sleep, yeah. Is, is, ...is usually sort of laying down. Right. And then suddenly I'm like, oh, hello, what's going on here? Yeah. And it's, um, I'm not getting this sort of um, REM sleep. Right. And um, the problem is, when you don't get the REM sleep, yeah. and the rapid eye movement sleep, you can feel like you're in a state right. of... Um, so are you, are you... There's, there's one of two things you're asking for here. You're either asking for advice on how to sleep, and I don't know if Ed can provide that, no, or, I'm, I'm, or you're I'm, telling Ed that he's just tired. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to wow. tell Ed. Um, with respect to Ed, no. I, I don't want to be insulting to him. Uh, you know, I don't like insulting people, but I think <laughs> what he's saying is a load of bollocks. And well, that's not very... Uh, CJ, come on, that's I'm not sorry, very respectful. I'm, I'm sorry. Hang on a minute. All right, let, 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 let's, let's give Ed the right to reply. Ed, you're just tired. Sorry, Ed. You're just tired, Ed. Yeah, I know what CJ's saying. It's a hypno-pompic uh, no, and hypnagogic yeah. state. Yeah. Um, when I have these experiences, um, I'm not asleep. I'm awake. Yeah. I'm How do you know that? When, when, you, when you wake up and when you're sleeping, you know, you're not really sure where you are at when you wake up. You know, when you're in a dream state, what? you're not sure if you're awake or not. When you're having a dream, you don't know you're dreaming. I'm sorry. So yeah. when, when, I'm, when I'm standing with ten other people yeah, um, okay. and I'm not asleep, and so when I'm standing with... Hang on, CJ, CJ, let him speak, let him speak. Come on, you come back in in a minute, don't worry. When, I, when I'm standing with 30 members of the public, um, I'm definitely not in my pyjamas and sleeping. I'm standing there. You know, you, CJ, you know. The same as me. You, you know, CJ, right? I know what you mean. Sometimes when I'm asleep, I think I'm awake, but then I wake up and I know I was asleep. But or, every time I'm awake, I know I'm awake. See? Yeah. I know what he means, though. I know I do know what CJ means, is is that point of, wow. oh, your eyes are just opening and you, your mind's still sort of in yeah. the sleep mode. So anything that you're to see in that sort of maybe a five-minute window, is it could be where your mind's still adjusting mm. from, okay. from your sleep. I, I completely understand that, you know. I'm also a hypnotherapist, so I know all about how the brain works. Um, let's um, go to um, this, this uh, Marie-Anne. Hi. Hello, Marie-Anne. Um, it's Marie-Anne, but yeah, hi. Oh, Sam, you're an idiot. Sam's getting fired. <laughs> I thought that Marie-Anne is the wrong way out. Marie-Anne. He's written down Marie-Anne. What a plum. Go, right. You're in trouble, son. You'll be a ghost in, in the next break. <laughs> Marie-Anne, please, what would you like to say to Ed? 
Uh, well, I'm a medium, and I see and hear spirit, and not, and not everybody understands this. I feel it's a bit like riding a bike. If you've not had the experience, then it's hard to explain. Yeah, that. it is. Um, basically, uh, there's different types of mediums, and there's different types of spirits that work with mediums, with guides and helpers. Yeah. And there's um, a group of mediums that are called rescue mediums, and people that are experiencing uh, troublesome behaviour of spirits or spirits intimidating them or harassing them or yeah. frightening them, yes. uh, they know how to deal with them. Um, and I've, done, I've been in with some cleansings myself. And um, what takes place, the person that's experiencing all the problems... Yeah. Well, have a medium come and uh, give them healing, send out healing rays to them, healing. Like a sort of spiritual so wet wipe of the then soul. what happens is the mediums sit round, the rescue mediums sit round in a circle. Yeah. And the guides and helpers um, are taking the circle as well as the mediums. And um, the guides and the helpers will bring that spirit into the middle of the circle. And uh, what happens is you send them, you do send them into the light because those those spirits that are bothering people, people that are here in the body, they're not well themselves. No. They're, they might have had a bad life or a bad life experience, even if it was hundreds of years ago. Hey, does what Marianne? They need spirits, so they need he- they need the spirits, healing as well. And uh, you guide them into the light. Ed. And you know, what we oh, did, we all yes. visualised this lift, yeah. and uh, we got the spirit to go into the lift and send it oh. into the light, and we asked the healing spirits to come around and guide it away. Yeah. And that person never had any problems the with astral it. astral elevator. Marianne, let me, ask, let me just interrupt for a second. Ed, does what Marianne is saying, does that, have you tried that kind of thing? Yeah, no, I've, you know, as I say, I've done clearances before, and, yeah. and what she's saying is right, yeah, it, it definitely works. But when you have something that's not spirit who really doesn't want to, to go over to the light and definitely doesn't look like a normal spirit being, um, that is not going to go. You know, that's going to d- want to stay. And <laughs> that doesn't exist. It's got to go well, because there's more powerful spirits than them. It can't stay. It can't stay. It's impossible. Well, it, well, Ed's, Ed's saying it's possible and it's happened, Marianne. Well, if he believes, you, you see, it's like it's like us in, in the body. If we say we can't do something or ah. something's going to bother us, yeah. then it will bother us yeah. because you, you, if, he, if his mind says you are going to go and it's going to stop and you're not welcome, and also you say... Um, I want you gone. Go in the name of God. You don't say go. I want you to go. They won't go. In the name of Jesus, I compel you to leave. Exactly. (laughs) Did that work, Ed? Yeah, because it's Jesus that's asking him, and it's God that's asking him. It's not you. Yes. Hey, uh, Marianne, listen. I've really enjoyed chatting to you. Call again. It'll be nice to chat. um, But we're kind of out of time. Ed, you mentioned that you've got a little, you've got a little business, how patronising, but you, you do stuff with members of the public. If people want to find out more, where can they go to? 
Um, so they can either get us on our um, Facebook page. Uh, I've also got a, a website. It's uh, Ghost Hosts Events UK. Um, Ghosts, and yeah, just Ghost Hosts Ghost. Events UK. That's right. Yeah. Beautiful. beautiful. Um, and yeah, people can come and, and stop by and say hi. And I, I just want to, you know, obviously thank you guys for having me on. And also, I just have to, you know, let everyone know that. Everyone's opinions uh, are always validated, uh, no matter what your beliefs are. You know, I'm not here to change people's beliefs. I'm not here to change people's outcomes. I know what I know. Yeah. I know people have seen what they've seen. I know that I'm not mad because they've seen it. And, yeah, you know, I don't just, you know, I've tried everything to, to get it to go. Yeah. You know, I've, I've, try, I've tried talking to the almighty and, and nothing. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things where, you know, I'm having to live with it. Um, well, um, Ed, listen, it, really. <laughs> I, I appreciate you sharing your, your story and your experience with us. And, um, uh, okay. you know, anytime you want to come on brother, we, you'd be very, very welcome. Thanks so much for your time, Ed. Thanks very much. Cheers yeah. mate. There we go. What a nice bloke. Ed Booker. What a lovely, lovely bloke. Thank you for that, Ed. I enjoyed that a lot. Some good calls as well there. And I like, I like the fact that, I mean, he must be used to it. People going, this is rubbish, mate. Jog on. But I like the fact he put forward his argument. He didn't get angry. Didn't, didn't you know, didn't get... It's like, well, no, this is my experience. Yeah. Sorry you disagree with it. And what a story. Yay. Isn't it, though? Isn't it? Um, we'll take some calls. 0344 499 This is Talk Radio. Experience the unconventional. Hello. The unpredictable. Don't you think that's a bit weird? And the completely unorthodox. It was my birthday. With rule-free Ian Lee. Uh, I was just trying to generate a bit of content. The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Hate alarm clock. Hate going to work. On Talk Radio. Wow. Well, those last hour and 50 minutes have been completely different from what we normally do i've enjoyed that you can call in now but we haven't got any more guests lined up so you can call in you'll speak to sam you can call in about what you've heard if you want to call bullshine on ed or if you want to tell us your spooky stories always always love hearing spooky stories like i said if you enjoyed that howard hughes on a sunday night three hours of that stuff um all different kinds of stuff he covers not just ghosts it's all kind of stuff it's a really good listen and the show before that uh, 7 till 10 is Bob Mills. I saw Bob Mills uh, yesterday or the day before. I went, all right, Bob. And he, he clearly didn't recognise me. And I went, is Ian Lee? All right, Ian, how you doing, mate? How you doing? <laughs> didn't recognise me. But it's a good listen. 7 till 10, Bob Mills on a Sunday at night. And then 10 till 1, it's how to Six hours of great radio. And uh, what I tend to do is I tend to get in sort of about 8, half 8 on a Sunday. And I listen to the last hour and a half of Bob. And then I'll put my phone on like a timer so it goes off after an hour and I fall asleep listening to Howard Hughes. Perfect, 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 perfect. Enjoyed that. Thank you, guys. 0344 499 So me and Catherine went out for dinner tonight. Because it's payday and I thought I would treat him. Yeah, we go. We went to Wagamama's uh, along the South Bank. Very busy. We sat outside right by the window. Catherine's got her back to the window. I've got my front to the window. And we're enjoying some lovely food from the Wagamama's. And um, at my two o'clock, Catherine's seven o'clock, in the restaurant, there were two women sat opposite a man, and the two women just kept staring at me. Just kept staring at me. And it so was... he's talking to me, but in his eye line over my left yeah. shoulder, there's these two people like looking as if they're um, looking at the monkeys in the zoo. But they were well. Oh, that's a little bit. That's a little bit. All right, the monkey in the zoo. Okay, couldn't see me. Yeah, here we go. Because um, th- if they did, they would have seen uh, uh, your hairy gorilla. Um, so a bit below the belt. And a bit Don't above talk it as well. about my hairy gorilla. There we go. 
we're all doing the jokes these days, um, but mine are funnier. But but also, so there were so for the last, and I noticed this for the last fifteen minutes of the meal, twenty minutes. Yeah, there was pointing. That, that's the word. There was thing. pointing. There was also like, and I would look at them, and they would stare at me and pull the face, and the face of, who is that? Who is that? Who who is that? They were mouthing stuff. Yeah, and then their their mate, who friend who was sat opposite them, had his back to us, would turn round and look. And I'm going to Catherine, right, there's people are here at your, your seven o'clock, my two o'clock. She couldn't work out what the clock was, so she thought they were at, at my seven o'clock. So she, anyway, I was going, and I was going, I was being polite going, don't, don't turn around, don't turn around and look, it's, don't, don't turn around. And it was going for so long, and towards the end I'm going, do you know what, just turn around and stare at them, please. Cause it's, <laughs> for, honestly, it's about 20 minutes, right? And the last 10 minutes I was getting really annoyed. Because it made me feel uncomfortable. Made yeah, me feel, you were eating. Yeah, made me feel really uncomfortable. And they're pointing and they're getting their phones out and they're looking on their phones and... and oh, jeez. And then we, we were waiting for the bill. And I could see them sort of nudging each other and saying, go on, go on. I was thinking, oh, God, they're going to come out and ask who I am. Oh, and I, and At I was, this point, I turned round to, to look. Yeah. And you know, to sh- make it obvious that we're both aware of what they were doing. And they were mouthing, come on then, come on then. Yeah. Go, guys, go, go on. Are they going to come and ask me who I am? And, and I was, honestly, I was really uncomfortable. For the last 10 minutes, I was very uncomfortable. And I was thinking, I'm going to tell them to F off and tell them to get some, ma-. just staring, it's rude. We've all, we've all, listen, I'm not that famous, but we've all been in restaurants with famous people. And you, you, you might do a subtle flipping hell, look over there, it's Michael Payne, or whatever, I'll put myself, but but that's it, you, there's, there's no pointing and... But let's take the, you've been on telly thing out of it, how would you feel if you were sitting, eating your dinner, yeah. and people were obviously talking about you, and and staring at you, and it went on for the whole time? And here's the thing, I don't mind getting recognised, I find it uncomfortable, but I don't mind, and I don't mind people coming up, I don't mind people coming up to me when I'm eating, and, and just saying I enjoyed it, I, I probably won't do a picture when I'm eating, certainly won't, don't appreciate it when I'm with my kids, um, uh, but I, I don't mind, I don't mind, right, but this was really annoying me, and um, so so then we're, we're, we're paying, and one of them gets up, and comes out, and I'm thinking, oh, I said, going, Kath, one of them's coming, and you went, yeah, she's not, she said, yeah, one of them is coming, and she came over, and she said, I, I'm not convinced she, at that stage she knew my name. She said, oh, listen, I'm, I'm sorry uh, to disturb you, but um, I'm thinking, about it, you're going to ask me who I am. Because I'm sorry to disturb you, but um, look, I'm in there with my friends, and it's like our fortieth birthday, and we're, we're we're doing forty and forty, and what that means is we've set ourselves forty crazy challenges to do, like going up the Thames on a speedboat. There was something else that wasn't particularly crazy, and she said, and and one of them is to kiss a celebrity, and I went, oh, good luck with that, because I was I was pissed off <laughs> at this point. I went, oh, good luck with that, and I started to get up. She went. Oh no! Well, can I just just be on the? It can just be on the cheek if you want. I went, nah, don't think so. If you want, yeah, it can just be on the cheek if you want. I went, nah, I don't think so. She went, oh, can I get a picture? I went, no, good luck. And I walked off. And I must admit, I left you there a little bit. Did she say anything to you when I walked off? She was sort of muttering, oh, 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 well, thanks anyway. Because I'll be honest, you know. But who? (laughs) If she'd have come up and said, look, if she'd have come up after the meal and hadn't been staring and said, look, can I get a selfie? Yeah, of course you can. But but I just thought it was really inappropriate to ask for a kiss and then say, oh, it can be on the cheek if you want. And it, you, imagine if I, if I had seen men. Imagine if you saw a, a, a famous woman 
He wouldn't go up to her and say, look, I'm with my mates and we're doing this little dare thing. Can I give you a quick kiss? On the cheek if you want. If you want? Uh, it, you, you wouldn't say that to a woman. I know, it's, I know it's different for a man. But I don't think it's that different for a man. I thought it was really, really cheeky. Catherine could have been my wife. I mean, if it had been my wife, she hates me getting recognised anyway. She hates people coming up going, is your husband off the telly? Why don't you ask him? So if it had been my wife, that would have been... You know, it would have been a very tense situation. It could have been a tense situation anyway. They didn't know what we were talking about over dinner. We could have been having a really serious conversation. Yeah. I'm not convinced they knew my name. Anyway, so I kind of walked off, and I was steaming a bit. But after about ten minutes, we walked it off, and Kath talked me back down. And I was very polite. Oh, yeah, just just need to kiss a celebrity. Oh, good luck with that. You didn't even say it like that. You said, good luck with that. You know, oh, I, did I? Was yeah, it a bit more resigned? Yeah, a bit more resigned. And... Um, and so we, and I just thought, I just, well, first of all, I'd love your uh, uh, opinion, dear listener. Was I being an ass to do that? I genuinely, I'm, I'm very happy with the decision I made, okay? And it's not like I need to hunt these people down and go and apologise. I could hunt them down because one of them has just tweeted me literally 10 minutes ago. Um, and it's a picture, well, it's the picture of the two women. One of them is flicking the V's at me. The other one is flicking the V's but has her tongue through it. Now, that's a vagina, that's a cunnilingus thing so maybe i missed out i don't know but the, but the other one is flicking the v's and the, the, the caption we only ask for a kiss ian hashtag misery hashtag grumps hashtag 40 and 40 hashtag. okay hashtag most of us turn 40 without having to involve everybody else i mean and Grow do up. you know what they seem like nice ladies but well, it made me feel i didn't like right here's here's what i didn't like about go on, it come on the way they made you feel uncomfortable... Yeah, and it did make me feel ...and the way now they are following up suggests to me that your instincts were right and that they, um, you know, they... It was all about them. They didn't care about what, you know, they didn't care about, you know, what they were walking into the situation. It's all about them. And I know they're the birthday girls and they get to choose today, but they're not four. No, just... Here's, here's my, here's and my... also, yeah. as your friend, I was really proud of you for not people-pleasing, because... Yeah, I, it would have been easy to go... It, it would have been easy to go... Oh, go on then, quick one on the cheek, go on. Um, but I didn't want to. It made me... They're, they're staring at me made me feel uncomfortable, and their request made me feel made me feel uncomfortable. I don't think it's appropriate to go up to people just because you've seen them on telly and say, can I give you a kiss? Hey, on the cheek is all right if you want. I don't think that's appropriate. Am I being miserable or, or, or am I right here? 0344 499 1000. Uh, by the way, Lee Odia 2. Let's block him because he's... <laughs> have you seen his tweet from the I don't Dave? Think, I don't think I can see his tweets, if you know what I mean. Oh, you muted him. Well, block him because I'm not having that, mate. I'm not having you saying that about my mate. You're blocked. Uh, this is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Sometimes life may feel like it's sucking you up. But it's not. It may just be you sucking. Sometimes life may feel just like you're losing the race. But you're not. You're just So 
Marnie. I might be seeing the Marnie next week when I go to New York, because that's where she lives. That's the track, first track. Oh, yeah, but, but. That was nearly track two from the Imani compilation we're putting out on my record label, Unsung, coming very, very soon. Um, 0344 499 1000, the late night alternative on talk radio. Myself, Ian Lee, um, Catherine Boyle. You can listen to us weeknights from 10 on DAB uh, by downloading the app or going to talkradio.co.uk. And next week, I'm doing Monday, Tuesday, then I'm off Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and the next Monday. And Catherine is hosting with a very, very exciting co-host coming in. Very exciting. Not for me to say who it is. She can tell you when she's ready. Um, but you'll be able to listen in all the usual ways. Please call in, right? We, I, we have had to work quite hard to, because the, the whole radio industry is quite sexist. Um, I've had to work quite hard. To, it's nice getting Tommy Boyd in. It's nice getting all those people in. But I've, we've had to work quite hard to get Kath this gig. So call in and, you know, you can, you can take them. You know, it's, it's going to be a similar vibe, more of a similar vibe than, you know, when Tommy uh, does the show or, or, or Rufus or any of these other brilliant people. Um, but, you know, she's going to be on. You're going to be podcasting as well? Yeah. No, that's not even a question I'm telling you. Yeah. These are the instructions. Um, I'll leave you like on um, Wife Swap when they leave you like a file on how to do it, right? Um, and you're going to be streaming it on your Periscope. Yeah. What is your Periscope? Flipping Kath. Flipping with no G, Kath with a K. And it's also going to be on the Rabbit Hole YouTube? Yeah, I think Matt, uh, Matthew's going to help me with that. All right, it. brilliant. So you'll be able to, you know, join in and all of that stuff. That'll be exciting. Um, and I'll be in New York City where I'm going to go. Hope, I hope they're going to meet Imani, but I don't know yet. I'm going to see the monkeys twice. I'm going to go to Atlantic Records and meet Ryan, who was on a couple of days ago from the Take It Away podcast. Um, I'm going to go on Keith and the Girl podcast. Going to go and do a little interview for them, which you're so jealous. I know, and I wish you were coming because I'm quite nervous. I love them, but um, I'll be doing it six o'clock Sunday evening, which is eleven o'clock Sunday evening here. Six seven. 11 o'clock Sunday evening here. And I think they stream video of it live, yeah, don't they? Do. they? So you can watch. They put it on Facebook, I think. Yeah, yeah. So you'll be able to watch. I'll, I'll, I'll tweet. Or I'm not really tweeting at the moment, but I might tweet that link so you can you can watch that. And if you miss it, you can listen to it next week. They're, they're, they are filthy and they are fast. Oh, they're, they're so sweary. But also Keith is wrong. He is wrong about Jumanji. What's wrong? Well, you know, I've been having these milk substitutes. Uh, yes. Well, this one's particularly cloudy. That's that, was that the one I gave you because um, that was to be sent off to the doctors. That was not. <laughs> Let's go to Paul. Good evening, Paul. Good evening, Monsieur, Monsieur Madame. Good evening, uh, Mademoiselle. Voila et voici. Ah, you're bon welcome. Bon. You're welcome. What you got? Uh, no, I was calling. Uh, you were talking about celebrity stalking and staring and stuff. Well, and yes, I, I don't know if I call it stalking, but yes, st- rudeness, manners, yes, lack of manners. In- indeed, yes. A uh, little anecdote. Um, myself and my good lady, now wife, then girlfriend, um, uh, we just parted company with a couple of friends of ours, um, and it was the first time I brought her to this country, so we were kind of telling the story of how we met and everything for about the 50 millionth time. Yes. And um, we're walking back to the train station, as you do. I looked down to avoid uh, stepping in uh, things, um, and she was looking up, and suddenly I was getting elbows in the shoulder, and she was telling me, that's Colin first. That's oh. Colin first. Oh. And um, uh, this guy, along with two other guys, had just passed us. Yeah. So... Um, we stopped. I turned around and um, followed him for a little while. 
whilst trying to decipher whether or not the individual uh, was in fact Colin Firth. Yes. And um, you sound like a, a copper. Of... You sound like a copper in court. <laughs> uh, well, I followed the individual. Was trying to decipher if indeed it was actually the actor and performer, Mr. Colin Firth. Indeed, yes. Indeed, yes. yes. Continue. continue. <laughs> um, and uh, what happened? Yeah. Yeah, he turned to the side, I could hear the voice, and, and I thought, that's Colin Firth. That's Firth. So I, I ran up behind him, and what? I said, excuse me, I'm terribly sorry. Yeah. <laughs> oh. um, I'm terribly sorry to disturb you, but would you mind, and as soon as I started talking to him, uh, Sue, my, my girlfriend at the time, now wife, um, just started screaming and jumping up and down. It was the most hilarious thing. Why? Why? Not? Um, why? Because, wh- why? Because she was getting, like, horny for him. Well, <laughs> You hadn't even considered uh, that possibility, but now it's been put out there. You're going, it's yeah! It's never been a possibility. We're yeah, talking about quite, Colin quite Firth possibly. here. We, we all know what's going on. Indeed, yeah. But So she yeah. got excited, but how... Because that's quite cute. The running up behind him is a little bit weird, actually, Paul. They're following is, him for some indeed, time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, I said sometime. It was, it was less than a minute. Okay. It was less than a minute. Okay. Yeah. It but was respectable. The excitement... The excitement's lovely. I, I, I once, and again, this was post jungle. Once had a, had a woman scream at me in the street, and it was, you know, how was he with it? He, he was delightful. He was very cool, and we got a selfie. Beautiful. Yeah, that's lovely. But that's lovely. Do you know what? Those women would have got a selfie. Yeah, if they'd not they, been staring and, and, and asked me for a kiss. And I love giving selfies. And my youngest, who it, it, it didn't know, you know, didn't really know what I was before I went in the jungle. And the jungle doesn't define me. But it, 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 since then, well, today he said, "Do you still get asked for selfies anymore?" I say, "No, not really. It's, it's kind of worn off." And he's disappointed. But um, I do occasionally. And if those women hadn't been staring at me, if they hadn't asked for a kiss, of course, I love giving selfies. I love it when people come up to me in the street. As long as I'm not str- if even if I've got the kids, I'm generally cool with it. But if I'm having a bit of a tough time with them, I, I, I prefer not to. But um, if someone asked me for a selfie, of course I would love to. Of course I would. Of course, I mm. even signed an autograph the other day. No one asks for autographs anymore. Um, so good for Colin Firth for for being a, a, a good egg about it. Indeed, yes. You sound a bit disappointed uh, now you realise that your wife was actually getting horny. <laughs> Do you have to wear one of those Colin Firth masks with the eyes cut out? Oh, and... God, no. Absolutely not. That, that's a no-no. That's a huge no-no. <laughs> it's, but it's been discussed! <laughs> She's brought oh, it no, up! It's been discussed. My goodness, no. <laughs> no, what you did, the way you beha- behaved there was uh, was, was respect- respectful and polite. Not even respect, it was polite. It was mannered. Well done, Paul. Mm. You, get, you get five well. marks. Thank you very much. Out of a possible 100. Oh. <laughs> and also, <laughs> hasn't good. Paul got a lovely voice? Paul is... Well, Paul, oh. Paul you sound is, very debonair. Well, Paul is, as, as we know, is one of this United Kingdom's greatest um, orchestral <laughs> members. Oh, yes, this is that Paul. He's the, he's the timpanist. This is Rhythmic Paul. Rhythmic Paul. Rhythmic yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Sam, can we change the name on, on Phonebox to Rhythmic Paul, please? That R H Y. I've often wondered Hang what he sees in RC. Hang on a minute. How do you spell rhythmic? Oh, R H. R H Y T H M I C. No. Yeah. Rhythmic. Mm. Yeah, M I C. Yeah. yeah. No, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's right. Catherine. You're on it. Yeah. yeah. I'm just uh, making sure you put enough H's in there. R H Y T H M I C. Yeah. That, that's right. Yeah. But yet you said, in, in, literally, that was wrong. Well, it's because your scrawl makes it look like you spelt it wrong. Well, how about this scrawl? Can you read that better? Well, it's one finger. Um, mm. Thank you, um, RP. 
Take care, mate. It's always nice to talk to you, Paul. See you later on. But don't. RP as well, because he's got received pronunciation. He has, isn't he? Oh, debonair. He's good. He's good. He's good. All right. Well, why don't you. You. You go out with Paul, and his wife can go out with Colin, Colin Firth. Firth. Well, I quite like Colin Firth as well. Okay, well, that's a four-way... That's a three-way party, because Paul can just get on his bike. Well, Paul won't mind, because he's good with rhythm. So, no, uh, stop there. That's really bad. Imagine if Sorry, I'd made Paul. A joke. Imagine if I'd make, made a joke about a female caller and her masturbation No, technique. I wasn't thinking about that. I was th- no, I wasn't yes, thinking was. about you that. Yes, it was. You were saying... Then I realised it sounded like is that. Is that how you interpreted it, Sam? No. Was, you were talking about him being on his own and, and having good rhythm. What? No, I didn't. Yes, you were. That's not the what I was trying to say. Sorry, everyone. Sorry about that. Well, OK, don't worry, a guys. A polls, a well, Guys, watch this. Kath's about to have a breakdown, OK, on air. No. 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 Coming up. Before one o'clock, don't forget, it's this week's Golden Call. <laughs> um, Where I'll be playing the um, best bits, a highlights package from the Golden Call of the week. And we'll be speaking to the person who made the call to find out what their inspiration was and where they got their ideas from. What time do you think we'll be doing that, Catherine? Uh... You are so shit. <laughs> The late night lip service for lovers, loners, and lounge lizards. It, well, where, where exactly is your accent from? The late night alternative with Ian Lee. Oh, I've forgotten your name already. Excuse me. On Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. It's Martin Kellner tonight at one o'clock. Tonight and tomorrow night at one o'clock. Um, but we've got another forty odd minutes or so. You're very welcome to call us about anything. Could you keep the noise down over there? What are you doing? Ripping up the notes that you were writing because you wrote a very rude word. Um, yeah, I did actually. Don't want anyone reading that. Good evening, Jackie. Hello, Ian. Hi, Kath. Hello. Looking forward to your show, darling. Thank you. That's okay, very kind. Okay, I've still, okay. I've still got two, two and a third more shows to go, Jackie. And so I just always temper... look forward to. Yeah, and you know I'm always here, Ian. Okay, but just temper Throw, the three in a bone there, temper Jackie. Temper the excitement. Can, can the, please stop talking about bones and female callers. Temper your excitement. <laughs> um, I'll try. Yes. I'll try. Okay. okay. What would you like to say, Jackie? Yeah, uh, just uh, that last call, a beautiful voice. I'm known now on YouTube as the posh plastic scouser. Oh. Apparently, they all like my voice. There oh, you go. What, the posh what scouser? Plastic scouser. Oh, plastic scouser, of course, because you're from the Wirral. I am from the Wirral, yes. Yes, yes, There yes. you go. Yeah, it was just um, a reference to the people who came to interrupt you while you were having your meal. Yes, was I, was I, was I mean... No, 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 I don't think you were, because I think there's a time and a place for things like that. When people are sitting down and having a meal, you know, like yeah. in London in the Ivy, and the you get Ivy. all these celebrities sitting there, they're going out for a bit of peace and quiet, yes. and a meal. And we were in have... Wagamama's, it's not quite the Ivy, well, it's a nice I mean. place, it doesn't but it's... Matter. It doesn't yeah. matter where you are, you're having a meal, you're having a nice meal with Kath and a nice time. <laughs> so, you well. know, people need to, and especially when she asked you, you know, when you do your rabbit hole and things, you always say to people, you're more than welcome to come and have a selfie yeah. and, and all that. Then, you know, that's up to you. You're having a nice time, a nice meal, and you're relaxing. You don't, you know, there's time and a place for things like well, that. I wouldn't I have minded a selfie after the meal, but it was the staring. Yeah, and it was the, the pointing. As- the pointing and the assumption that she could get a kiss off me. That's yeah, weird. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, you I've never been that. asked for that before, I don't think. I might be wrong. I don't I'll, think. Well, I'll, I'll think on if you ever bring the rabbit hole to Liverpool oh. or the Wirral then. Oh. <laughs> Jackie, just be quiet for a second. Okay. What's that vibrating noise? 
Oh, you asked me this before. I have a laptop and it overheats. Oh, right? it's a fan. So there's a fan on the side of the laptop. Okay, Kath mentioned this a little while ago, so don't go there. It's a fanny bag gum. I'll send you. A, I'll, I'll take a picture and send it to you on. Oh, on Twitter <laughs> yes, do, Jackie, it, please. It, oh. My my um did that when I was watching um Periscope. I want to see. I want to see Jackie's overheating lappy. <laughs> That's what I want to see. <laughs> Thanks for the call, Jackie. Oh, you're welcome. Good night. Tutty bye, tutty bye. Let's try Madonna again. Oh, hello. Hello, Madonna. There we go. No, no bleeping. No, no bleeping. Sorry, I think I thanked Sam for um, yeah. singing My Love Kintyre, thinking it was you. Um, okay. I don't think Sam knows okay. My Love Kintyre. Do you know it, Sam? No, no. Hang on a yeah, second. I the phone and I thought Sam, I Headphones on. Headphones through. on, Sam. Headphones on, Sam. Let's put this boy to the test. Bearing in mind he didn't even know who Scylla Black was. I, do, I, I hate doing that age thing. Oh, they don't know. I, I don't like I think that's unfair. It's just the way it is. But? But. If, let's, let's put him to the test. He just mouths he knows my love Kintyre. Well, Sam? In a way. All right. In a way. No, because I only know it because it's a, there's a football song. <laughs> the same oh, tune. coffee up, Madonna. It might be a piano. Flipping heck. <laughs> yes, yeah, orchestra it's coming out there. Well, Sam is going to serenade us with my love Kintyre. I can do the tune. Go on, then. If that counts. Yeah. So, da 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 Right, now that first bit, that first bit, da 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 change that to Marl of Kintyre. Marl of Kintyre. Old Miss rolling from the sea. He knows it! He knows it! And now that I'm out. There we go, he's out. Why don't you sing it to us, Madonna? No, because I, you know, I was really impressed. I actually don't know all the words. I love Kintyre. Anyway, Ian, I phoned you up because I don't have a ghost story per se, but I do have a very weird experience with a clairvoyant how I found out my dad had died. Oh, yeah, go on. Okay, so I hadn't seen him since I was 13, so we'd had like... The clairvoyant? No, 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 my dad's... So we'd had like a 13-year gap, and then I hadn't... And then, you know, we didn't really get on. So anyway, one day my daughter... um, sister phoned and she said she'd gone to a clairvoyant recently yeah. and that the clairvoyant had told her that she'd seen the headstone in Ireland. And that, so the first thing I just thought was, was my dad. So, I don't know, I mean, she does tend to embellish things, but she said she'd, for some reason she decided to call the police. I don't know why she... Hang on, bit. she called the police because a psychic had told her something? Well, that, I can only relay the story she told to me. Yeah. But she does tend to embellish things. But anyway, she um, she phoned the police. I'm just relaying the story as it's told to me. Okay. And they told her that they uh, somehow they re- they located him in the hospice. Yeah. And all I know is that from my side, once she told me that message, I called the hospice. Yeah. So I don't really know what had happened before, how the clairvoyant bit had gone on. But um, I spoke to a nurse asked for my dad and she, um she asked me who i was yeah so i told her i said i'm his daughter and then she told me he just died three hours earlier oh flipping heck and that is i mean i i don't know about my sister she's a little bit crazy but um i just know from my side that's what happened she told me i called the number she'd given me and that's what you know they told wow. me my dad had died so i just thought wow. i just thought it was really crazy that i'd Missed him. Yeah. By three hours. Flipping heck, man. How did that make but, you feel uh, as a person? Um, well, we were estranged, but obviously mm. I 
it's still a, obviously still a, I was devastated. Yeah, it's still upsetting, isn't it? Yeah. Blimey. I mean, it's been a long time now, quite a few years have passed, nah, but that, that is how I found out. And, yeah. So, you know. but have you ever, have you ever gone to a psychic Madonna and... and, and I uh, have. Go on. I used to, um, I used to go to spiritualist churches a lot. Oh, no, I'd like to do a spiritualist church. Yeah, go on, what happened? <clears throat> okay, well, I just, I just don't rate them that much because you oh. get the, sorry, I've still got bronchitis oh. and my voice is very husky. It's lovely. I know. It's got a touch of the yeah. frost drops about you. I just, it's terrible, actually. My, we, anyway, it doesn't matter. No, but, go yeah, on, what were you no. going to say? What, 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 you're struggling a bit with it. No, I was going to say that I listened to my last time I called you the first time. Yeah. Yeah, my daughter had a little listen because I was cringing about it. Uh-oh. And she didn't recognise me. Oh, no! No, I didn't realise bronchitis had had such an effect. Yeah. But anyway, it didn't matter. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, I, I mean, yeah. Oh, okay. It's very, very hard to actually find a genuine uh, medium. Yeah. Because they all talk themselves up. Almost they all as think if they, they don't they exist. They all think they're... I, yeah. It's very, very rare. And even if you do meet a really good one, um, what they tell you is not really very useful. I don't think, Madonna, I don't think, I don't think that, that mediums work. I don't think it works. I don't think they can do it. Because I've said so many times, come on here, come on here and, and, and tell me something that only, you know, me, I would know. Go, go, go. And no one can. We had that lovely lady on. What was the, what was a, sorry, were we boring you, Kath? No, go on. We had that lovely lady on a few weeks ago who invited me to go and, um, uh, put the willies up with her. Mm-hmm. Um, Sorry, it, sorry, Kath, have you got somewhere else you'd rather be? No, carry on. Sorry, I was just up very <laughs> early this morning, you know why. Anyway, go on. Yeah. And that sounds weird, no, not that. Yeah, I do know why, what? but also I also know that you're paid to be here. I'm sorry, Madonna, just I give me a second. Here. I am here. Physically, okay. physically yeah. you're here. Yeah. But actually, Ed's seven-foot ghost is more present tonight than you are. Mm. And that's it. Flipping it. It's just you and me, Madonna. It's just you and me. That's okay. what? Usually, Kath is very funny, I have to say. Tonight, though, she's been really off the ball, hasn't she? Well, it's nearly one o'clock and she's tired. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, the show goes on until one o'clock! I can't use that excuse. Ah, there's only 35 minutes to go. I'm a bit tired, so the last bit's going to be rubbish. I've got... When I I feel a bit tired, Madonna, I have to (gasps) just push right through it to the end of the show. Gosh. Usually she's on the ball and she's very funny and I don't actually think you could do it without her. Right, thanks for calling, Madonna. (laughs) Goodbye. Unbelievable. I like her. her on Instagram. I like her. It's just sad about well, her cough, gonna, isn't it? What are you going to do next week then? When oh, I'm a bit, I'm a bit tired, and um, have you not announced who your co-host is? No. Shall gonna, I? No, it's up to you. I'm not. I'm not. So I was, I was wondering if you're going to do it next week. If you're going to wait until the first show on Wednesday. I don't know how to do this like showbiz stuff. Do I reveal it? Do I just like spill? Can the I give you now? one tip? Yeah. Get rid of the attitude. Can't. Okay. I think, begi- think we're beginning to see why 3CR took you off air. I think we're just getting to see... Couldn't the- handle it. Couldn't Sorry? handle a proper woman. <laughs> I couldn't. Yes, they could. They had Jan on the front desk. Now, um, 0344 is the telephone number. This, dear listener, is The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. On Talk Radio. <laughs> the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We'll get you talking. 
Paul has just sent in a picture of his missus with Colin Firth. They make a lovely couple. They really do. The, the, the right heights. Yep. Um, Co- Colin's got a very cheeky grin. Right. And I don't want to be disrespectful to, to Paul, right? But your wife is fit. <laughs> no wonder. No wonder Colin was so happy yeah. <laughs> to have his picture taken. Can't say. I can't believe I said another man's wife. Things I've done tonight that I wish I hadn't as soon as I did it. Said that Paul's wife is fit. And done a Paul McCartney impression to Denny Lane, you know. Denny Lane didn't mind. He didn't mind at all. Yeah. Paul does. Yeah. But never mind. <laughs> well, so he's going to beat you rhythmically. Here's the here's the thing. Again, another ju- another <laughs> with his fists. So I'm going to get Paul McCartney on the show. That's the plan, right? And I emailed the people in charge of Paul McCartney, the, the person in charge of Paul McCartney's PR. <laughs> I thought you were going to say the person in charge of Paul McCartney. Well, yeah, he kind of is. And um, do you know what the guy wrote back? And do you know what he said? Well, here's what he didn't say. He didn't say no. He said, thanks for this, Ian. I'll get back to you next week. Oh, ho, ho, ho. The real reason I want to meet Paul McCartney is because I've written some songs that I think, I think he might quite like to do. They're kind of Beatles-y in, um, in a way, and I just think that, um, that maybe, maybe he'd be interested in recording some of them. Here's, here's, here's one of them that I think Paul might be interested. This is for you, Paul!
I have, um, one issue with that. I don't think it's long enough. <laughs> I don't think four minutes is long enough to tell the story of the World Cup 2018. Have you heard the CBeebies contribution? No. Oh, it's so good! I just have to say thank you to Rob for that, because Rob, Rob, um, Rob, Rob sweetened it a little bit in the studio. Rob, Rob Gorman sweetened it. A little bit in the studio. It, obviously, it's my creation. Rob sweetened it a little bit. Do you want to hear it? Yeah, go. Oh, turn that crap off. Turn that crap off. Turn that crap off. Turn it off. Come on. Turn it off. It's good, though. Oh. It's rubbish. Because also, you're playing YouTube through there as well. So, you, you, you can hear him. Turn that off. That's, turn that off. That's just, that's just, that's just annoying. Oh three four four, no, because you're playing our YouTube feed as well. I know. So I need me. to get. I need to open the thing to turn it off. I think you might have to leave the premises. <laughs> Why don't you go in a soundproof box and get lowered into the Thames? Why don't you spin on that? Uh, okay, fine. I'd love to actually. Ugh. I could do with the prostate check. Ugh. Get out. You got you got four shows of this next week, and if that doesn't go completely badly, you've got a week of it in August. Imagine. Will you stop calling in? You're banned. Jesus man. Oh three four. Four nine nine one thousand is the um telephone number if you want to give us a call. Welcome back, Catherine. So lovely Hi. to have you here. <laughs> um, uh, so oh, tomorrow we're gonna to go and see um the Beachmen. Le Garçon de la Sur. What's beach in French? Plage. La Le plage. Garçon de la Plage. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to go and see the um, the actual... I say actual Beach Boys. It's Mike Love's tribute Beach Boys. Because, you know, he's the only original original. And Bruce Johnston. But man alive, I can't wait. Hampton Court. Going to take a little picnic basket. And I'm um, going to have a picnic and watch the flipping Beach Boys. How lovely is that? Thank you to my friend Sue who sorted that out. It's a delightful, delightful way to spend an evening. Yeah. Unfortunately, Catherine's coming with me. That was yeah. part of the deal. That's, well, I said, if you if there are pork pies there, yeah. then I'll be there. Pork pie um, will be there. Let's go to Paul. Good evening, Paul. Yeah, hello, mate. You all right? I'm fine, Paul. How are you? Good. A bit of a technicality with your wonderful World Cup song. Go on, mate. What, what, what's the technicality, buddy? Uh, you said Bill Beaumont heads the football in. Bill Beaumont's a rugby player. I didn't say Bill Beaumont heads the football in. Yes, you did. No, I didn't. Then you and I Bill Beaumont heads the football. No, I didn't, mate. Mate, I didn't. Uh, my, my radio must be wrong then. Yeah, your, your radio and your life must be wrong. <laughs> I apologise. You, 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 you should apologise. Um, I'm apologising. Right. Do you? Because I, I will play the whole thing again oh, if you want. No, we don't know no, what's no, that. Hang on. Hang on. Let's, let's see. Bill question Oh no, he's right. I do say that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a full stop after that, and then it was. But just also, describing he's, the scene. he's at least Bill Beaumont's still alive. Yeah, but he's a rugby player. Yeah, em- Emlyn Hughes life. is a dead man. Unfortunately, I used to like Emlyn Hughes. But also, it doesn't. He was kicking a ball. He can kick he a kick, ball in rugby. He kick, you kick, kick a ball in... It, thank you, Catherine. It's great, because Paul bums you. 
Um, you Ooh. you can kick a ball in rugby and you can head a ball in rugby, Paul. So I accept your apology. I don't, I don't mate. think you're allowed to head balls. In well, rugby. no, but if it hits you in there, well, if you're in the scrum, isn't that what you're doing? You're so, Paul. I accept your apology, mate. No, uh, if you're in a scrum, you hold on to the balls. Yeah, Thank you very yeah, much yeah, indeed. You do. It's, it's, what a disgusting, what a disgusting, what a disgusting example of life that that peasant is. That that peasant Paul is. What a, what a scumbag. What an utter scumbag and a rapscallion. Do you remember? I, tell you what, I wonder if it's on YouTube. Could you, um, um, secretary? Could you what? please? Huh? Can you get a secretary, a typist from the pool, and ask her to look on YouTube? If um, what was that? What was that program with Johnny Vaughan? Yes, where they pretended to send people into space. Do you remember that? Mm. Is it called Space Cadets? Space Cadets. Is oh, it called that? Something. Something. Let like me that. look. That was a funny program. I don't know why I was thinking. I know exactly why I was thinking about it today because the woman that served me coffee looked like um, Charlie Skelton, Space Cadets, who was the stooge that was part of the production team that went into space with them. It was. Is it on YouTube? Let me look for you. I sir. remember I, I watched that. It was on at the same time as um, Make Slough ha- Smile. And I just split up with my girlfriend. I was miserable. And I, and I watched Space Cadet. I loved it so much. So basically, it was like a reality show. It was when Big Brother was... was yep. Is it on YouTube? Yes, it All is. All of it. I think so. 2005. Flipping it, man. It's when Big Brother was still kind of new and, and, and exciting. It was a few years old then. And they were looking for reality shows. And this one was, they got a bunch of, and, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, they were thickos. That was, that was how it would work. They got a bunch of thick people and flew them to Russia, except they didn't fly them to Russia. They flew them in a circle for eight hours. Just in a circle for eight hours. And then landed them like a mile from where they'd started in England. They said it was Russia. And then they had, like, a week of intensive training to be an astronaut. And then two of them, I think, got picked to go up into space. <laughs> but they didn't go... In, obviously, they didn't go into space. It was... They were just like in a film... It was very Capricorn 1. Um, and they got... Is it, it's on YouTube, is it? Yeah, there's a the big reveal on there. I know that for sure. Hang on a minute. You... Oh, is that right? What's it called? Space Cadets. Space Cadets. Space Cadets. Spizkadets. Um, hidden a ball, bombing a ball. What? Do we? Here we go. Okay, so this is this is all right. Let's just spoiler. This is when they find out that they weren't in let's space. Let's start that message and give them a final chance Johnny to Vaughan. work it out for themselves. Bonkers, randomly bonkers. Hello there, Billy Kerry Paul. You've been on board Earth Orbiter One for the last five days. Congratulations. You've successfully taken... Now, here's the thing, right? Five days. Here's the thing. I think they were going to do a bigger, like, a comedy reveal, like because you could see the Earth. I think they were going to blow the Earth up. They were going to do something, right? But I think there were loads of complaints about this show. If I remember it correctly, there were loads of complaints, and Ofcom kind of stepped in and said, you have to let them down gently. You cannot... I think they were going to, or they, maybe they were going to pull the spaceship open and they'd be in a studio. And I think that the, the Ofcom said, you can't do that. You've got to let them down gently because that is a wicked trick. So it, it's kind of, it's a slightly toothless, it's a paper tiger we've got here. Here we go. In a TV first. But perhaps, yeah, not in the way you've been thinking. Remember when this all started and we told you you wouldn't know exactly what the show was about? Well... You are the stars of a unique TV show, but one with a difference. You've had your suspicions during the mission. Now, please, 
Take a look at this. It feels like we're still on the ground. It didn't even feel like we were like going up at all. It just felt like we were in a car. Very, very nice. Um, you know when your stomach goes on like on a roller coaster when you're going down, you get a, like a sort of jolt. We never had that. It's not real to me at the moment. <laughs> it doesn't seem real. I know, it, I know it's real, but it just doesn't seem real. It feels strange because I know that we're in space, but part of me just feels like I'm on a train. Look at my trousers! It would be a shitter if someone was... We asked them to hear it. Oi, mate, do you want a coffee? From out the back. <laughs> we were going... <laughs> Push it like that. Oh, well, yeah, for the shields, they've got like a space team, like, like a big screen, so it looks like we're in space, and someone throws a burger at the windscreen. Yeah. Catch up, let's fly. <laughs> what are the odds of that happening? Bill? This is a spaceship, a spacecraft. It's not a caravan for our help. You've got both of those swears. Beautiful. You'd have heard that on YouTube. You can go and look up the rest. Um, but yes, it was, it was, yeah. I mean, it's a great idea for a show. I wish they hadn't wimped out at the end, and I wish they'd. You want them to blow up the Earth? Well, yeah, I wanted the Earth to be blown like up. Like when Leia watches her planet go. Yeah, I wanted that. Uh, I, I, I wanted that. and um... Or an alien that would have been good. Yeah, I would have liked that. Let me just call um, this number up, because um, they obviously want to come on and say, and then we'll, we'll take a break, and then we'll have Martin, and we'll talk about what's happening in um, Martin's show. Kicking a ball, running... Are you producing me? Yeah. <laughs> Hang up. <laughs> I just got told off by Mum. This is The Late Night Alternative on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. On air and off the leash. On Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the telephone number if you want to um, give us a call. You'd be very welcome. It was good space cadets. There was um, a rash of uh, of kind of reality TV shows that never really took off. There was I know there's one that was produced by the guy that produced um, Rise called Back to Reality, and it was they built a house inside <clears throat> a TV studio. It was hosted by Richard Bacon and someone else. And they put all of the then most famous people from reality TV into the house. So Jade Goody was there, Nasty Nick. Um, they didn't put... Did Craig go in? No, I don't know if... He might have done. Google it, back to reality. He was I in there. To remember they might have put um, Mc, Jane McDonald in there. or the, the Jeremy Spake. Yeah, I think they might have done. Because there weren't really that many reality tv shows uh, at the time and also there's that thing where they started calling documentaries reality which i always thought was a little bit lame right so catalina girardo who i think she was in wasn't she one of chris evans's um don't yeah. forget your toothbrush yeah yeah she wore a jumpsuit yes. yeah she was tall and beautiful craig phillips yeah. jade goody james hewitt josie darby Lizzie Bardley from Wife Swap. Okay. Do you remember her? Maureen Rees from Driving School. Oh, Mo! She couldn't drive, could she? No. Nick from Big Brother. Ricardo Ribeiro from I think you mean Nasty Salad Nick. Thing. Ricardo, I like Ricardo. A little, yeah. little flirt with Ricardo every now and then. Rick Waller. Sarah Coza, who was in something called Joe Millionaire, which was, wasn't it a load of women, like The Bachelor? Yeah. But for this guy, he was supposed to be a millionaire. But he but wasn't he was, a millionaire. He was just Joe Schmo. Yeah. 
God. And Yuri Geller. What? That's a Has weird... he been in I'm a Celebrity? Okay, okay, okay. Um, yeah, well, that's a weird old... Uh, it was boring. It was really James boring. James Hewitt won it. Because well, but they, I don't think because they expected just their personalities would be enough to create sparks. But if I remember it correctly, it was really, really boring. You and Geller walked out day seven. Uh, yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. I mean, r- r- rubbish, really. But now they do this. They call documentaries reality. It's reality TV or, or scripted reality. Those well, are the ones like uh, Tower. Oh yeah, but those are, yeah, those aren't documentaries, are they? Those yeah. are those are. I don't understand those shows, and I've I, I, that started with The Hills. Am I correct? Yeah, The Hills, and I don't really get what the point of that is. And Toff tried to explain it to me, um, and I know it's really popular. My sister, when my sister came and met me in the jungle, the second thing she said was, um, first first thing she said was, "Is this where you get wood?" Second thing was, "Can, can you introduce me to Toff?" But um, but uh, 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 I don't understand it. I don't understand I it. I think what happens is from I've heard it explained a few times, and they they're manipulated in that they'll be put in the same place yeah. as someone else, knowing that they're going to have a conversation, yes. and they have actually had fallouts and stuff. And I think sometimes they are given scenarios. Yeah. So. It's not flying the what you know. It's not a documentary. It's no. It's a, it's an, it's like it's a, a soap. It's, it's a it's a yeah. It's a soap. I was going to say a play, but we, that that would that would um, that would be inaccurate. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Um, oh dearie me. There's, there there are a couple of people that we that we've told not to phone the show anymore. Yeah. And, um, Mostly for their own good, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. It felt a little bit exploitative and also abusive towards us and. Um, uh, 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 and keeping phoning up isn't going to get the phone answered. But then again, these people don't listen to the show, some of these ones that want to um, come on and do their thing. They don't listen to the show. So um... uh, Father's Day on Sunday. Big up, big up all the dads. This one's for all the dads out there. And I should be raising a glass of um, decaffeinated coffee to my dad because it's always a little bit crappy. And I shall probably have lunch bought for me by my boys. Or I will probably buy lunch for my boys. And let them hold the... Let them hold the cards. <laughs> Your kids like doing that, paying for the yeah. food. They like doing... Yeah. They, I bought them purses for the first time yesterday. Wow. Yeah, because, you know, my eldest went uh, on a school trip to France today. Yeah, she yeah. only got back about an hour ago. Outrageous. Drunk as well. And she's, she's what, Drunk 10? Drunk as a lord. Um, she, they were allowed to take 20 euros and only booze. 20 euros. Yeah, it's booze cruise. It's legal over there. And um, she said, could I please have a purse? And it just occurred to me that this kid doesn't, you know, she's never had to yeah. carry cash like the Queen. So she, I bought her a purse and, of course, she can't buy one without the other. So they both got purses. Yeah. And they're both feel like proper grown-up people um if you found your eldest daughter's diary would you read it no what only well unless i was worried about her if i found it i would read it well she's not your daughter no i know but that's weird if you found it what were you doing in a room i was you sent me upstairs to get something and i went into the wrong bedroom oh because you were ill you were ill you had broken a leg. I think you, you were looking for my diary. That's you what I think. had broken your leg, and you couldn't get upstairs. And I come because I'm a great boss. I came boss. round uh, in a second. I came round and visited you. And um, as I was going, I said, "Is there anything I can do?" And you said, "Yeah, could you go upstairs? And could you get me and the, violate the, my daughter's privacy? Uh, this book." 
And I went, yeah, of course I would love to do that. Are you sure you're okay with me going upstairs? Because it's not really appropriate. And I said, well, what if I go in the wrong room? And you went, well, that's okay. Because I, I trust you. So I would go upstairs mm. and I went into the wrong room and I would find, I would, I found, would found, I would have found, found, I would found your daughter's diary and I, I would, I would re- read it. She would lock it. Oh, those locks on diaries you can break very, very easily. You just got to squeeze She would know it. that you'd been. No, she can fix it back together right. again. Right. Okay. Uh, interesting scenario. Mm. Bit concerned about how elaborate that was. Suppose I read it and it says, oh, I owe, um, Juan. A million pounds, and so I've got to do a drug, another drugs run. Which is ten. Mm. Yeah, exactly. That's a lot of debt to be in at ten. Are you saying that the reason the coach trip was late back wasn't because, and I'm quoting the text from the school, of illegal immigrants getting on the coaches mm. in front of them? Mm. You're saying what happened actually was... Mm. My ten-year-old daughter, mm. nine actually, mm. nine-year-old daughter is some ten. kind of drugs mule. Ten. I don't know if you knew that. Um, yeah, she's. Well, I would check how she's walking. Oh, God, seriously, seriously, you hear about it? Well, actually, when she got, she was so t- apparently so tired when she got off the coach that she couldn't string a, a sentence might together. Have burst in her gut. What a horrific thought! Mm, I know. And that's why you should let me read her diary. Okay. Oh no, I won't read it. I won't let you read it because it's not, it's not PC. It's not PC. Well, 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 yeah, but you're happy for a, a bag of cocaine or heroin to explode in your stomach's gut, or your daughter's gut. You're happy for that. But you know well, why well, she's bringing? You know why she's bringing it back? For Juan. No, she, for your boys. <laughs> they bullied her into it because they needed it. Doesn't they said they matter were good for the money. Doesn't matter why she's bringing it back. The fact is, you and, and yeah, all right. My boys have she got feels, a heroin problem. She feels sorry for them. My boys have got a heroin problem. So what? It's a disease. Your the reason they got it, a heroin problem, is because your daughter gave them free, free heroin to get them hooked. And they got hooked because of your daughter, your youngest daughter, actually. She's the pusher. The eldest daughter she would be. is the dealer and the importer. She's, She's the, the brains. brains. And the youngest daughter... It's the muscle. The muscle, exactly. So it's your fault. She was asleep on the sofa. Well, or, you was think you know why? or was she? She was jonesing. She was nodding out. She's jonesing. She can't wait for your, your her sister to get back with the with the gear. Wow. And you wouldn't. This is all because you wouldn't let me read your daughter's diary. So you got you got no one but yourself to blame. Wow. Just goes to show how quickly um, families can break down under these situations. Well, um, on that bombshell. <laughs> And seen. And seen. Our children really are not involved with the drugs trade before you start calling the feds on us. He's our. He's our. Uh, aunt. Don't forget, podcasts are plenty. There is uh, the, the best of this show. Every day, Catherine does a best of. Manages to, to scrape together around about 30 minutes from this rubbish. Uh, you can get that by going to iTunes or Acast or your usual podcast provider. Uh, we also put the guests up as a separate podcast. So next week, you'll get a couple of Denny Lane um podcasts uh ryan and chris from the take it away podcast uh is uh up and so is kenny jones that was it i knew yeah. this kenny jones from the who and the small faces is up um and as well as the talk radio daily podcasts you can also get a weekly podcast that Catherine and i do in front of a live audience um called the rabbit hole and it, it was a phone-in show in front of a live audience but a couple of weeks ago, we did one without the phone in element. 
And it worked all right. Yeah. It worked all right. For those of you who came and saw the Rabbit Hole TV show being recorded, the first half was a, was a Rabbit Hole podcast, but we didn't stream it on Periscope, and we didn't take phone calls. And I'm wondering if that's the way forward. I don't know. Maybe we'll do... Um, Maybe we'll do a thing on Twitter. I don't know. I don't, I don't really care. I'm off Twitter. For now. I might be on it again tomorrow morning. But I, 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 it's brought me nothing but misery and dealing with entitled people and all these kind of things. Anyway, you can get both those podcasts, the t- Best of Talk Radio, the Talk Radio Guests, and The Rabbit Hole. If you go to iTunes, type in Ian Lee, I-A-I-N-L-E-E, uh, uh, Catherine Boyle, Talk Radio, Bishy Bashy Boshy. Uh, they will come up. Come on. Come on. In you come. Come on. Yeah, mostly the World Cup. <laughs> Martin Kellner was gutted when he, he came into work tonight and went, oh, it's a great football match. Yeah. I, I bet it wasn't. It was football. It was brilliant. But I had to go and find people at Talk Sport to... Sorry, uh, mate. To commune to, with. To measure your, your you penis really with. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to measure my penis with. And it's come out of six and a half inches. Yes, well, <laughs> yeah. Houses. They, they, well done. That is, Thank um, you very much indeed. Twice <laughs> the length oh, of Oh, no, hang on. Sorry, centimetres. <laughs> but, yeah, you've got 30 seconds. What, just football, is it? No, no, it's not just football. We've got lots and lots of stuff. We're talking about uh, Sajid Javid and him trying to take away the hostile atmosphere the, and all that stuff. So we've got a bit of politics. Oh, yeah. uh, we've got the Full English Breakfast Film Club. Oh, I saw that. They pop yeah. up on my, uh, my feed here. Yeah, yes, yes. Crackers, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, so we're doing that. And uh, Not Dead Yet is the brilliant, brilliant Don Henley. Oh. Uh, the Eagles. There we go. Oh, yeah, it's all coming up all at coming 1 up, o'clock. Yeah. We'll be back on Monday at 10. Till then, from us to Tom.